Welcome to the Dark Friend Social, guys. I am so incredibly excited to be back doing our book spoilers episode for The Wheel of Time. So we're going to be doing episodes one through three of season two, full book spoilers. And I have Erin from the Isn't It Neat pod here to do this with me this time. And I'm so excited. Yay. I'm so excited to be here too. Talking spoilers. Thanks for coming on. I know for all those evil, evil spoilers that everyone's been holding on to from their their non-reader friends so we can spill all of it now. How is that going for you with your sisters who you podcast with who are not book readers, right? Are they watching the show? What's happening on your end with this? They're they're not watching. Helen is not really interested. So I'm going to make her watch later because she's really insightful. We did a series on season one and she picks up on so much stuff. Yeah. Um, She's just really like quietly clever (laughs) in that way. And so that's really interesting. But Caitlin has been, we've been reading the books, but I've been reading them to her like oh, narrating them to her because she won't read them otherwise um so and we've been going really slowly because we've been really busy so we're like only at the beginning of shadow rising so she's i guess like there shouldn't be anything really new for this season it's kind of covering book two and three um of course there's all the foreshadowing of like all the way into the future that she doesn't pick up on but um she will watch them at some point when she gets around I think she's going to wait until they've all dropped and just watch it all at once and then we'll do episodes later but I've just not been really saying much about it I've just been like silently squeeing like I'm so excited feel of time hey I like that she's doing that Scott's doing the opposite right like he's watching the show and kind of saving the books at this point mm. so I'm really happy that you're here because you're like the only person I have to like really talk book spoilers with like in a real like live in person in front of me way. So I thank you so much for coming on this. Yes, it's going to be so fun. Yes. Okay. So we have a whole ton of shit to cover. Um, For those who have heard Scott and I's main episode, we're going to follow basically the same kind of outline, but we're just going to talk about the book spoilery stuff. Um, So we'll go through kind of the same stuff, but just open up those book spoilers from each section. And let's just start with talking about some of the foreshadowy stuff that we have written down here. Of like, There's so much stuff. stuff So stuff we saw that we thought was cool. We'll just kind of go through this quickly. This is stuff that we didn't really have anywhere to throw anywhere else, but world building stuff that we thought was neat, um, which is not intentionally a play on your guys' podcast name, but there it is. So Um, neat. So neat. So Egwene looking at the Armelin stole. Yes. I loved this moment. Yes, I love that too. I was like, oh my God, she's looking at the stole. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like that was cool for a show. And she and looks wonder. at it like kind of in a longing way, like that's her goal. Mm-hmm. And we have the whole like, and we'll talk, we'll talk more about this, of course, but like so much of the storyline in these three episodes between Egwene and Nynaeve is like setting up that jealousy and she really wants to be in power. And she had that, like, in season one, remember, when they were like, you're the oh most God. powerful channeler. The best moment in season one. <laughs> her face. Because like, <laughs> she is best girl. She wants, she's, she's the Hermione of the series. Hashtag trans lives matter. Like, she is that, she's the, she's the good girl. She's following the rules. She's doing all the right things. Mm-hmm. Um, but someone straight up, I think it's Leandrin says to her, so after in episode three, when um, Nynaeve doesn't come out of the the rings, the archers, she straight up says, because oh, I think, what, did, what does Egwene say? Um, 
she's the strongest person I know. Like, how could she fail? How could she fail? Yeah, and the Andrews like sometimes the strongest people like don't win or something like that. Like, you don't. Sometimes it's not the strongest mm-hmm. who has the most power or something like that. I think it's I think it's Elaine that says it to her. Oh, maybe. I thought it was Leandra. I think she preaches some wisdom because she says that when they're down there. But yeah, a lot of a lot of lessons about like power and 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 you mentioned that in our chat. We'll talk about it with the dark friend social itself and with the Shamael and like the mm. themes around that, right? Yeah. But I loved seeing that, and it also was a good reminder of like it's foreshadowing, and we see it. I wonder if Scott did. I'm curious when because so for listeners, Scott and I have not recorded our main episode yet. I think that's probably worth saying at this point that um, <laughs> we're going to be doing that a little out of order. So I wonder what like whether he'll catch that because he's pretty good at catching the foreshadowing. I wonder if he'll see that or if it's more to the uh, uninitiated going to be a signal of like, remember that Swan Sanche exists as well. I think it serves that double purpose because she's not in these episodes. Yeah. Conspicuously absent, although not that conspicuous because she's the Amarlin. Like it's like we're seeing all this from a novice perspective. So it makes sense that we don't actually see her, but. I wonder if every season it's going to be like the like mother's away. I wonder when she's going to come back. And then she makes like a big entrance because we had that yeah. last season. It was like all this like talk about Swan and she's like unhappy with um with Maureen and Lan and that she's not at the tower and just wait till she gets home and then she gets home. And then like I think it's almost the same kind of setup. They're like she's away and what's yeah. she going to say when she comes back? And what is she going to say when she comes back? Because we know that she's supposed to kind of like in book three send the Supergirls off on their yeah. mission and will some version of that. I okay, so we'll we'll get into those predictions. Mm. Um you had a good this was a good one that you picked out around uh cleaning the water as their yeah. task. Yeah. Um uh, probably because I've just read through the cleansing of Sidene, cleansing of the taint. Um so cool. yeah, so it's like fresh in my mind as well. So they so they do this thing where they filter water through some weaves. And they have like two weaves and how, how it all works. And then it's like that is like literally the way they cleanse Sidene is that they make like there's like a tube of Sidar that Sidene is filtered through. Mm-hmm. So it's like literally like, oh, my God, you can clean stuff with the power. I love that that you called that because I didn't spot that as like, I thought that was awesome. Yeah. It wasn't just me. That was like that was big, big chats on the on the um, discords that I'm in, um, that I've been reading through. So, so it's it's hard when you kind of have like a live react channel that you're kind of reading through as you're watching. It's like I don't know what's my ideas and what's someone else's someone else's ideas and who's just putting things into words. So, isn't that the cool thing about this fandom though? Is that we do kind of operate as a hive and it's fine. Yeah, like hive like, mind. <laughs> I'm here for that. I'm totally yeah, here for that. Yeah. And the and the stupid arguments we have about the tiniest things. You're like, this is so mm-hmm. dumb, but let's keep going. But we all speak a communal language. Like, I was very happy when I messaged you and I was like, is there brain tugging? <laughs> and you're like, I can't give away such an important spoiler. And I'm like, oh yeah. my God. I don't you know think my soul was. I don't language. notice any brain tugging this episode. Not as I obvious. Not as obvious as last season. I'll have to go through and like look for it. I don't think there was any because I rewatched and didn't see it, but but we'll, we're always on the look for a good braid tug. Yeah. Um, Beltine, this was the other cool one that I didn't have anywhere else in the notes, but good call mm. that the Emmonsfield Five are separated. Yeah. During Beltine. 
Yeah, because part of their the big kind of theme of the books is that they're they're like a unit. The Emmonsfield Five are all really important to the last battle, um, which is one reason why the girls like. There's been talk for years about the girls really should be Tavirin. Like, along with the boys because they're all like really vitally important to the last battle like that's where they're going and but they're all important in different ways they have their part to play and they even said like I think in Perrin's letter it, it was straight up like we're better together we need to get mm-hmm. back together and that and it's like that theme of them all being really important and as like a unit as well yeah, he talks about the shield that one shield just covers the front of you but that together you can make sure nobody gets hurt yeah. Okay, let's see what else we have in there. Like we're before, we're like barely even into the actual discussion. I'm so <laughs> excited to read so much in these three episodes. Um, okay, let's see. So Nynaeve Warder Warder training thematically. What did you think about this? I thought, that, yeah, it was really good. So that whole that whole scene of her training with the snack waters um, is about like they what's it what's Maxim like straight up says you need to have your own reason for being here in the tower. And then she goes on to have her, like, lesson with Leandrin as well, which is, like, exactly – it was basically her lesson with Swan on the riverboat in the books. Like, it's almost word for word exactly what happens Mm -hmm. in that situation. There's just no awkward Egwene going, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm seeing this, (laughs) which I I think was quite funny in the books. Um, Yeah, I thought that was – I thought it was interesting. And then the whole – the whole episode two – the kind of theme of that episode was belonging, finding your place, finding your purpose and like adjusting to a, a different purpose than what you had before. Like they've all, mm-hmm. they're all on this kind of journey of like figuring out who they are now that they've got this information about themselves that they didn't have at the start of season one. So um, other little things I like the, I like the, I said, I ring without the stone for the accepted. Mm. We all predicted that in season one when we saw how the stones were or the rings were designed because there's no stone in the books, right? Yeah. But I really liked that's that that came to fruition that we saw like the the stoneless ring that they give her after the accepted test. Yeah. Or at least it's still within the it's not actually real, right? It's within her vision of the accepted test, but they do give her the the empty ring. Yeah. Uh, Someone was saying that it, when she's in the the third arch and she's the thing before she comes out, the fake comes out. And she's wearing the red dress. Someone said they saw a red ring as well, a red stone in a in a ring. I didn't see that, but I have to go back and look. I think like, that makes sense. But you also see flashes of Leandrin, and I, I think it makes sense that in her, like the inception of accepted test visions that Nynaeve has. Yeah. That like the fake third task, which is where she sees herself in the red dress, is like um that's supposed to be like the vision of the future but she's joined the red aja yeah and is therefore evil and doing a ton of murder and the, yeah. and and then she's like screw this but all, of course none of that's real and all of that is still the third yeah ring the test. um but yeah so it's i really like fears. that maybe it's one of, yeah, yeah, it's one that, of her that's fears. one of her fears that like deep deep down like inception levels down that that is one of her fears that she'll become red aja yeah and she knows she's being groomed by Leandrin and so does yeah. everyone else like Egwene yeah. says it to her like you're Leandrin's oh no says it to Elaine she's like Leandrin's p- protege yes I thought that was very cool that that was part of like the the storytelling there of like the fake out the, and it's because that's not in the book she's never concerned she's going to be read 
So it's cool that that's out there. I like that, that it's like a new wrinkle. Yeah. Um, I like that we got some of the new spring stuff. Yeah. Just throwing that in at random. That was cool. That was good. Good world building. Probably the most new spring that we're going to get. Yeah, and that kind of nod to book readers as well. There's a lot of nods to book readers. There's lots of like sequences that are like straight from the books. Mm-hmm. Like maybe someone else says it, but it's like like this. These three episodes felt so familiar, but were also so different. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's really clever how they've done it. I think I really yeah. like it because you can mm. tell that everything's going in the right direction. Yeah. Like the trains are going to the same stop. It's just yeah. a slightly different path to get there. And I have seen people saying like, "Oh, this is like in name only," or it's like not really the wheel of time. And I'm like, it so is. <laughs> You missed a lot it's very much the wheel of time Mm. like let's not be this book pure like it's like going Mm. in the same direction like it's hitting the same beats it's just not going to be 20 seasons long and thank god you know what I mean (laughs) I think us book readers of the wheel of time we think in um scenes from the books and things that happen in the books and we think less about um characters like from the character perspective so it seems to me is that they have these characters so they have these main characters and as they're building the season or the show the episodes they're like okay this thing needs to happen to this character in order to develop their character further and so that leads them on to like the end point and so they think in terms of plot things that need to happen And then they're like, okay, who can do that? In the books, this character does it, but that's the only time you see that character. In the show, we've got these characters cast. We've got these actors who we're paying. Maybe one of those can do it. Mm -hmm. And and that's, yeah, rather than being like, okay, we're going to merge this character and this character, they're more like, as they go, they're like, okay, this character can do that. We don't actually need this other character. Yeah, it's like what it's like function, right? Yeah. It's like how do we get where we're going? And honestly, as long as we're going to the same place and we clearly are, I'm I'm fine with those little yeah. changes. And I think you see that most the most the most I noticed that was with Liane in this in these three episodes. Mm-hmm. Liane kind of just pops up and does a, a little thing and then is gone. And I and I know some people are like, Why is she there without the Armalan? She should be with the Armalan and like what is she doing? She's just kind of there, but it's like She's an actress that they are paying for the season. She's a good actress. Yeah. Why not have her do these things? And she matters to the larger plot and doesn't have shit to do. We should be seeing her face. Yeah, and it's better to hire one actor or actress or non-binary act. <laughs> I don't know what the – call them all actors. One person. Yeah. <laughs> or like, yeah, it's, it's, it's easier to hire one person to do a bunch of things throughout the season than it is to, like, cast multiple people to each do one thing mm-hmm. I, and it's I, less expensive agree. too I have no problem with these realities and I think mm. it makes for better storytelling because mm. like we want to know Liana later right yeah. or Leanne Leanne Liane. Liane I think is how she says it the actress <laughs> <laughs> Like, and we know we know that as much as we love Michael and Kate, they pronounce shit differently too in the F between yeah, audio like, so it's eh. like, like Gideon, Rashmir, which is what my brain does when I read it, whatever. Like we yeah. just, <laughs> yeah, just like my spelling, it it's all fluid. Yeah. Um but no, Le- we'll go with Liane. Um 
like she matters like i want to see her around so it's like better that we see her now i think it's funny that she's just sort of here like she's never been named and her job is sort of amorphous like i think i think show only people probably get it but i wonder whether they recognize her because scott almost didn't recognize men yeah like oh he's like oh someone else in the and i was like right we've seen it before here but she wasn't in one episode but I guess speaking of where Liane is in all of this, uh, I liked the Tehran Real stuff. Mm. Like one of the last little things before we actually started the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, this is so much good stuff in these three. It's going to be a long episode, guys. There's three episodes to cover. Yeah. Um, I they really look- like showing the Tehran Real, though. Like I like that they get explained. I like the, like one of my favorite things in Wheel of Time is the mysteries around the age of legends and that they don't know how shit works. And I think that the, the arches are such the best example of that because it's like, yeah, we mostly know how to use them safely. We don't know what they were intended for, but we know that we've been using them for this purpose for a really long time. But like God only knows what they're actually designed to do or how they actually work. And the exposition, I have to say like my favorite thing, probably that I think the best executed element of these three episodes was exposition. There is so much exposition just like sprinkled in, done really well. Yeah. And, and we don't need to know everything and like we don't know everything about the world. And that's what makes it so intriguing is that we don't know. Like it always it frustrated, frustrated me a little bit reading the books when like they come across ruins and then they'd be like oh that might have been an old city or it was an old city and there's this statue but we don't know anything about it and I was always like I want to know more mm-hmm. and then you, that's it it's never mentioned again but that's just like that depth of world we don't need to know everything there is to know it doesn't need to be revealed there is allowed to be mysteries that's what makes it exciting yeah I think it's what makes the fandom so lively too there's so many things to question and think about last thing before we actually talk about some more specific stuff um, I just enjoyed the foreshadowy shot of Matt in his finery during Nynaeve's third test. And also at the end when they're attacked by Trollocs, he gets slashed across the eye. Oh, shit. I didn't spot that, Erin. <laughs> ah, the show is so good. I don't know why people are upset. I'm like, you guys, like I've seen people be pissed. And I'm like, I do like this because that world is like Nynaeve's world that she's kind of built and that she's got like Egwene successful being a nice that I Matt mm-hmm. is like well taken care of and rich like all his like troubles that we've seen from like especially the first season when he's just really poor and the family and they're all dirty like her yeah her what her wish for him is to just be like all like a lord <laughs> yeah I guess like rich and clean and doing really well it's like, oh, naive. She and loves he looks them. good doing it too. The new oh, Matt yeah. actor looks good doing it. Like, I'm like, okay, this guy is going to be such a better later Matt than like, I'm, you know, for whatever, whatever behind the scenes drama is drama. I'm not sorry about this. The recast yeah. at all. Um, but yeah, I thought that was great. That's a very good pick that he loses that. I, I, mm. oh my God. Um, and yeah, I agree with you. I like the way that she had set that that little world up and seen all of those things and that it foreshadows what's going to actually happen. Like this is being done well. I don't know what people are unhappy about. Like the, it's, it's actually being done very well, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, okay. Holy shit. We're just finally really getting into it. Yes. Let's talk about the dark friend social itself. It was on screen. The dark friend social is a thing that we witnessed Aaron in yes. live action in front of us. What did you think about it? 
I thought it was great. I thought it was there was a lot of information setting up the season. So this is the first thing we see for the season. They've set up um, the, the basically the thesis of the whole season. So Ishamayo with the little girl talking about what is good and evil. Like people call me evil. Do I look evil to you? Here's this Trolloc. He's part man, part beast. That's also going to tie into Perrin's journey as well. Does he yep. look e- like, is he evil? Let's give him a pat. Like that kind of question, that gray, what's good, what's evil. Are we, we're going to be working through what that is for the season, which I think was just like, bam, here it is. It was, And it was the Dark Friends social. <laughs> yeah. Spot on. I agree with that analysis entirely. And I think, and I think not just for the season, but for the whole run, you know, if you think about mm. like the gray that is like the Shan Chen, like the difference between like bad guys and Dark Friends. Oh, the Shan Chan um, are just bad. They're slavers. The end. Oh, they are just bad, <laughs> but they're not. You, people, people go, oh, but the trains run on time. Like you have that. Well, no, <laughs> definitely not that. The Shan Chan are just bad. Yeah. But but they're not. I, th- I think it's something like the Wheel of Time. You have the different layers of that, right? Like they're not forsaken, though. They're not all dark friends necessarily. And it's also saying, it's also bringing up this, like, because in the fan, a fantasy trope is it's good versus evil like you have the dark one and you have the light and it's kind of showing that it's like it's not this isn't going to just going to be a straightforward gallop into battle and defeat the dark and then everything's happy ever after like it's there's more to it there's more morally gray that's Mm going to be explored i am curious if you're mad or what your feelings are on like that there's less dark friend social in the dark friend social it's more thematic and less like we don't get to hear them talk we don't get to hear any plans be made they just sort of are there i think in like the actual dark friend social in the books it's um it's very it's not subtle it's it's a little bit young adult like it's that kind of style to me like so we have the man called boars and you just hear all of his thoughts about um, and you see who he sees, which they've done by seeing under the table and stuff. But he's mm-hmm. making judgments and things. And then you have like the three boys come, and it's all very dramatic. And Ashamael's there, and he's all like, "I am Ashamael," and he's in his like drama stage. <laughs> he's kind of mad. <laughs> no, he's very dramatic and big and and kind of dumb. It's like this person yeah. is like making really bad decisions of like how to get these these boys to turn to the dark it's like that was never going to work like just being like you will be mine and monologuing at them and things like that so I don't I don't mind the changes especially Ishamiel how he's being presented in the show he's he's like a normal person and he's talking about he's got these plans and these ideas and this and this these motives that we don't really know about or a bit like it's, it's all a little bit mysterious um, and then he kind of presents the thesis of the show. But you know he's looking for Randall Thor and you know that there are dark friends in all places. You have all the shots of all the different types of people. And, yeah, let's and talk it happens about who in Yeah, Suroth. Suroth, definitely. With the fingernails, um, which were awesome. I love the sounds they make. Yeah, respell respell that for me here and fix yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I fixed that for you. <laughs> um, okay, here's my question. We see an Aes Sedai 
Is it a black stone ring or a red stone ring? And it's not very well lit. It's black. Is it actually black? Okay, I'm gonna shit myself. Like like, I didn't say anything to Scott. It, it I don't want to totally, spoil the black Aja. I reckon it's black because it's also surrounded by black as well. So it like if it was red, I think you would see the red in contrast to like the black glove. And I the, it the it's not gold. Like the actual gold part was black. Really? Yeah. Wasn't okay, it? Okay, I have to like go back and pause on it. So that's wild. So like yeah, so we're all I think distracted by the stone. I'm like, so the black Aja straight up exists and has their own special rings, but they only wear them. Like that seems like so sketch, right? It like, isn't Teleranriod, like so I don't know if it's a like it's a. Dream You're right. Creation. Okay, so this is the other thing. X-ray. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm losing my mind. Like yeah. I'm so fucking happy that you are here to talk to me about this. <laughs> X-ray says that it takes place in Teleranriod. What the fuck? Well, so so does like, the original one. Yeah, 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 but. I didn't expect that with the little girl that confused me. So is she dreaming? Is she yeah. just like whoopsie here? I don't know, but like it's how did like in the in the books in the original one they're brought into the dream, and we see it all the way through the series where like like there's a naked guy, and he's like, "How did I get here? I was sleeping in bed with my wife." <laughs> like no, but he's being pulled in. Like but he's there for a meeting with one of the Forsaken, and he's like, "What the." I was asleep and he's like these are your orders and he's like what and then he gets like skinned or something um I think it's quite early on I can't remember like but that we do see people like dark friends being pulled into the dream to give them orders and then being sent back to their beds and it starts with the dark friend social um so maybe I don't know if they've been brought in the flesh like literally like through a gateway Mm -hmm. or if they're like actually pulled dreaming like it could be any of those things, and I don't think it really matters. A lot of those things aren't explained in the book. Same with the whole dream shard and and all those. Oh, stuff. the dream shard makes like precious little sense. No, I I don't think it'll be explained. I just think it's interesting. Like I don't think they're going to get that granular in the show. Yeah, unless, but I do think like, they'll come back to explain that because it says in X Ray Teleranriad, and and that little girl doesn't therefore make sense unless she is just dreaming and accidentally. But ended her mom's there. there. And there is a question of whether that is the little girl that Perrin sees in the vision of the Tinker Caravan that got attacked by Fane's men, like, and Elias says, a little girl escaped. And then everyone's like, is that the same girl? Is that belong to, like, dark friend mum? And they just got, like, they got, she escaped because her mum's a dark friend and so they got pulled into Teleromiod or whatever. Oh my God, me being so busy that I haven't been online about this is fascinating. <laughs> I'm so glad you have because I haven't seen any of this. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't think it matters because the little girl is there for Ashamiel to talk to. He's kind uh-huh. to her. She's really pretty. Um, it gives that kind of – she's so pretty. I'm like, that is a very beautiful little girl. And then and the way he talks to her, he's kind to her. She was scared and he calms her down and then shows her that the Trollocs are all right to pet. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah. Um, and and I don't know that it will be something that we get ongoing. It, it's just one of those things for the fans to now talk about endlessly. Yes, I agree. Like, and just just the fact, like, I know that it's in Teleran Rayon in the books, but the fact that they call that out in X-Ray. Mm, it's like, my X-Ray is not working very well, which is really annoying. I know you said that, though. Mine yeah. said Teleran Rayon. Like, location, Teleran Rayon. And I was like what the fuck do you mean back yeah. the truck up like are yeah. we and it's been so much fun with scott because i'm 
I think he's vaguely aware of this. Like he's definitely gets that dreams matter. And I think they set that up in the first season, but the concept of Teleron Rayon is not one that he's familiar with at this point. And I am so excited for him to find out. Yeah. And it's something that it's it's something that's being sprinkled in just like in the books. There's all this dream stuff, you know, there's stuff shit going down in dreams. And then it's not until book two that, it, we get the kind of intro through Egwene learning about Teleramiod and we were like a little bit parent as well, but like you kind of learn as you go, like you learn with the characters. Two and three. Yeah. And with Perrin, it's like the wolf dream is different. Like it takes a while to realize that like it is the same thing, mm. like that it's a, like they don't spell that out for you right away. And like, I remember when I was first reading the books, I was like, cause I, dream sequences are not my favorite cause they don't usually matter. Like it's <laughs> foreshadowing and that's a, interesting, but I don't like it until it's a yeah. reread. Or it's My a study of like what sequence. it's a study of what the um the um characters are worried about or something. Sometimes sure. when you get dreams, yeah. Or it's like, like it just seems it's like hard to follow, and you know when you're reading it that it'll make sense in retrospect. And so I always glaze through it because I'm like mm. I don't fucking know. Like I'm not unless I'm like really zoned into like this will matter for foreshadowing. Pay attention to it. I usually glaze through it. And in these books, I did not know where it was going. And I was just like, yeah, 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 big, scary, bad guy. It's, I get it, like, all through the eye of the world. Yeah. And then when I, when they spell it out to you what it is, like, I, it's, Teleron Rayot is so cool. Yeah, you make that, you make those connections later. And then, yeah. and that's why it has rereadability. And it's the same with the show. It's like, you don't need to know that that's Teleron Rayot. You don't even need to know what the dream world is. You, mm-hmm. You'd know that there's something to do with dreams. Maureen straight up said in like episode two, dreams are important. They matter. Tell me if you have a dream. And yes, like you, you know that it's important, but it's kind of like, you know, it's important in the background. It'll come up mm-hmm. and you won't be surprised. And that's a lot of like what's really good when, when there are television shows of any kind or even books of like all that information is kind of seeded early so that you don't, you might notice, but you know it's not important yet. And then when it becomes relevant, it makes a lot of sense because it's like in the back of your mind, like it's been seeded already. So they need to right. put that stuff in. Otherwise, it'll be like, bam, we've got a dream world all of a sudden that no one said before. And that's when people complain about things. They're like, that was weird. That came out of nowhere. And you're like, mm-hmm. well, this time it's not. Like they're actually seeding a lot of stuff. So we need They're doing it. a great job of it. Which, speaking of, the other thing that I saw is the Shinaran symbol, right? We see Inktar, mm. probably, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely oh, Inktar. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I think the, um, you know, the little, the thing that fell over that the girl was playing with and you get, like, a shot, like, from the top of, like, the star thing and you see that there's more of them. I think, I wonder if they represent the Forsaken, the one that's fallen over is represents the Shamael because he's been released and the others are like ready I didn't count how many there were like they were it was kind of blurry and dark if that's um, the case there should be two over because of land maybe here, he right? hadn't released her yet like we yeah, don't know sure, when that's possible we don't know when this is um taking place yeah we don't oh interesting yeah, just I like that and something that Scott said when he like, cause he's like texting me as he's watching. Right. And he sees dark friend social and he knows the concept of the dark friend social because of like these episodes, like the bonuses mm. that we do for the podcast. Right. And he's heard me talk about it and he, he loves bad guys. Like Scott's aware that dark friend social is a thing. And he was like really excited when it opened with that. And he's like, Oh, there's 13 of them. It's my forsaken. Cause there's 13 people around the table. I think. 
Yeah, um, I haven't counted. And I was like, didn't say anything. But I mean, the fact that we obviously we do see Pad and Fane, which he called out. But I don't know that Scott's made the connection that because you see Pad and Fane there is is the indication that these are not the Forsaken. Yeah, which um, is the cool takeaway from this for. I mean, book readers already know that, but I would hope that show watchers who are really paying attention, if they're trying to dissect it, that because you see Pat and Fane, and there's 13 around the table, and I don't think that includes a Shamael. If they remember, if they remember the mention of the Forsaken in episode five from season one. For real, I guess Scott does like know about them too. Yeah, because he's like excited about it. He's like aware of this concept. Maybe yeah, because I think people. it's it's not until the Dark Friends social that like Ashamiel's like they call us Forsaken, I call us Chosen. Like he's giving that little bit of exposition as well. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that conversation means that you think that the others are also Forsaken. But yeah, that could be because he definitely did. That was his takeaway. It was there's thirteen, and he knows there's thirteen, so he immediately was like, "These are the Forsaken," and I'm like, "Oh, honey, no." Yeah, it's it seems <laughs> like eight might be the number. Of this I of think the wheel. that it is eight because I think I think we saw that in episode five where they have the the yeah. little figurines. But also, Lan says it takes eight sisters to steal an Aes Sedai. Oh yeah, I can't yeah. remember what the actual number is on that. There's so many different numbers. How many to steal? What's the max circle? Is thirteen or something? <laughs> yeah, like thirteen is kind of the the what runs through. Well, yeah, once you get to thirteen sisters, you have to add a man to make more. And then you can yeah, add another Brand 13. Yeah, a number like, that he's freaked out about, of the number that could, like... Yeah, there's, so, there's so many, like, 13 numerical... can overpower him, even though... Because he's, like, the strongest. Yeah. He needs 13 to overpower him. A full circle of sisters yeah. to take him out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just because I don't know where else to say it, um, and so it's here in the beginning, but we did get references to both Mazram Taim and Cad Swain, which was yeah. very exciting. It is fun that everyone's like, oh my god, Cat Swain, and someone else who I missed entirely. <laughs> like someone named Eleanor, they said someone. Cat Swain, and some, and fucking who cares? We heard Cat Swain, and everyone was like, yeah, everyone went, Cat Swain. <laughs> anyway, um, Bell Doman yes. made an appearance. I loved him. I was I so happy with him. That whole scene, like that is kind oh. of. It gives it gives you exposition. So it gives you number one. There's another Forsaken that's been released. Spoilers: It's Lanfear, obviously the Moon one. We get the Blood Calls Blood poem. I'm assuming is the Blood Called Calls Blood. blood I blood, also blood, 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 blood. That's how the poem goes. Yes, it does. And we also get an introduction to the game of houses, Days Damar, and Moraine is really good at it. Yes. That, she is incredible at it. That is that scene right there. That was so cool. I loved it. Bailed him. And the way he's like, he's set his bargain. He's like, I'll go down on the poem, but I can't go lower on the Quendia. And you can see he's like, like really anxious. Like, come on. Don't call like, my bluff. I need you to take this. Like, yeah. I, she's amazing when she's, what does she say? She says, because he mentions, okay, he mentions the sea folk, which I think is. Yeah, yeah, mentions the sea folk. Very exciting. The spray. Is a riverboat. Oh my god! <laughs> I just love that they got mentioned. Like I was like, okay, because we don't have confirmation of the sea folk yet. And honestly, you could cut the sea folk. Like if you if you had to cut all people, mm. it's them. Probably, Maybe they'll right? make them better. Because they I had so, so much potential. I just think it's cool. That they I got, think Rafe can do that, it. That it exists at all. You know, mm. like that the spray exists. Like that Bell Doman exists. Like yes. I, you know. 
And um, the whole just... the the nod to the book readers that Maureen's getting mysterious visitors that she's not telling anyone about. Like mm-hmm. we never kind of found out what what messages she was getting. It was just I guess her eyes and ears. Yeah, and it was so different in the book because she's not. They're in the she mountains. Still, we're going to talk about that imminently. You know, yeah. she's 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 not uh, exiled either at that point, right? She's like hiding. So it's like yeah. a whole different sort of set of scenarios. Like she and Lan are fine in the books when all of this is happening. So it kind of glazes over it. It's like, oh yeah, that part where Maureen's being boring and like we get introduced to Adelaide and Pantine. <laughs> Adelaide and Varen. Uh, yeah, Adelaide and Varen. But yeah, it's a very cool nod to all of that stuff and just getting to see him now since obviously he's not introduced after Shatter Logoth the way that he is in the books. It's good that we get him and that he's, that we're going to get him at all. Like I, any characters like that, that are fan favorites that are not being cut, I think is a win because there are a lot of characters and a lot of fan favorites. And like, I won't be surprised if we don't get Eggy Annan, who I love. But we've got Bale. But yeah, but we've got, so they might come as a package. As a unit. Yeah. So they, but having Bale kind of opens the door for Eggy Annan um, and Bale might be used for a lot more, mm-hmm. like, as a result. Oh, I think so. I think we could use him in a lot of different places, like in places where maybe we were using Tom, who currently is still not around yet, right? So, Yeah, I don't think he's back till season three. I, I know he will like be back, of Being course, on set, like, yeah. Yeah, we might not get him this season, so, so Bale might, like, hop into some of those spots so that was that was awesome i'm excited to see when he pops back up again i assume he will scoop up matt and min maybe they've got horses though so he might take the girls yeah maybe he'll take the girls i do think he'll connect with some of our main characters sooner than later and but certainly i think he will probably serve his purpose to help them escape bomb right or probably will show up there at any rate yeah as, yeah, like possibly. that would make sense they could put him back on his book track and get him out on the west coast sooner than mm. later because maureen does say go west or eat like east or west whatever nobody fucking cares just get out of here um like he's going west i think probably west yeah mm. um the quendiar exposition was really good mm. like um, we got a little that. bit of it at the end of the last season like this is quendiar mm-hmm. but then we got that reinforced of like it doesn't break yeah, another shot of what it looks like because the seals looked really different from just the white stone. What do you make of the seals in Darkrun Social, actually, speaking of? What, those like the little... This... I think they were representative of the seals in the real world. Yeah, but they're not anything... To, they're just something that was there until Renrayad, right? Like Yeah, I think it was like, like one's fallen because that represents the Shamayal and then they have to get the other one. So we might see that Oh, that's what again. you were, Those were the 13 yeah. stones. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think we might see that set again and more have been knocked down as more, like, we might get Forsaken Tea Parties in there as well. That makes sense. Yes, more Forsaken Tea Parties. Actually, that'd be a great set to just have that be where they hang out and they could introduce Teleron Rayad, like, through that space almost, like, show Mm. people hopping in and out. That would be cool. Um, So... Adelaus, Adelaus and no Van Dean, Mm -hmm. just Varen. Yeah, I like I, this. Yeah, because I don't think you don't need another old lady, I said I. Like, they don't do much. Like, it makes sense for that to be Varen. Um, something that the fandom has pointed out is that Adelaus is the one that gets killed. 
I know. And she gets killed by, um, uh, she gets given crimson thorn root and that paralyzes her while she gets stabbed. It's crimson thorn in the book, so does it? Yeah. Well, shit. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm so happy you've done your like fandom yeah. research because yeah. these are things I would have faced. Yeah. It's nuts, That's awesome. It? Okay, so, shit. So they're setting that up, obviously. It's Chekhov's Crimson Thorn. Someone, it is Chekhov's Crimson Thorn. Yeah, whether Adelaus dies quite early on and whether it's Varen who kills her instead of some Stop. random dark friend because that plot line kind of doesn't really go anywhere that's a weird that's part of the succession elaine succession plot line mm-hmm. and it's a bit like when it's revealed who killed her van Dien goes nuts and like murders this random Sedai, and everyone's like mm, which one was that <laughs> and all yeah. the names and stuff so it's going to be it's going to be someone important who kills it if she gets killed if that happens mm. i like that theory I like condensing that situation. Mm. I hope she dies sooner than later. Certainly sooner than the succession plotline. Yeah, which might. I mean, not maybe it. not this season. I like her. I thought I thought like Horny yeah. Adelaus was. Fierce. Yeah, she's so thirsty, and I love it. she's she's so cute. Like when they she starts digging into the meal, and someone Varen might ask, "Do you want us to wait for more rain?" And it's like, yes. And she's like, oh. God damn it. And she's just there holding her fork. Like, are yeah, you serious like, right now? I, I like, she's my spirit animal. Yeah. 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 She's really great. She's good fun. Um, and then you had a good point here in terms of holding space for Moraine's trauma that they're still, yeah, the two of them are still giving her her title. That's something really different. Yeah. So she's, and like, she's taken her ring off, so she doesn't wear her ring. She has her sad bath, which was, her I love all the baths <laughs> in the show. Like, just have a bath and show That's us your emotions. That's a book readers, um, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, she, yeah, she's not wearing her ring. She's really sad. And then the next time we see her is when she's, like, got the mask on. She's play acting still. And that's part of she's still really good at Days Demar with, like, negotiating with Bail Domon. And he's calling her she is being introduced as Maureen Sedai Varen and um Adelaus both call her um Maureen Sedai mm-hmm. like they're kind of holding space for her like they they full-on say and that's part of the exposition that Varen's like look to Lan like she's going through the worst thing that a woman who can channel can ever go through you never like what <laughs> you're what you're going through is not as bad as hers <laughs> kind of yes. that's what they're kind of getting at like which I don't think, like, poor Lan. I feel, really feel for Lan. Um, but there's, and they're like, yeah, because in the books, if, as soon as the woman is stilled, all the others I said, I like, I uh, feel uncomfortable about that. So yeah, I'm just going to ignore you and you can go away. Let's go, let's just ignore them. Like, they don't support them at all. They just, yeah, because they can't deal with it. It's like they have a problem. It's like the whole grief thing, you know, when people, like someone, you know someone and they've lost a person and they're grieving and then there's that kind of discomfort there. So sometimes people just leave them alone, mm-hmm. like they don't make an effort because it's uncomfortable to try and see how you might be able to help. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a really, um, it's nice that they're, holding space for her and supporting her and they still recognize her as a sister like it's, it's, it's more healthy that that's what they're doing yeah it's definitely mm. more healthy but it's it's interesting like that they are still considering her a sister after she's been stilled like yeah it, it changes and we will talk about this 
a little bit down the road in this episode, but it, it changes what I expect to happen in terms of Swan. Mm. I think right? Moraine oh, is like, stilled. I don't. I think. I don't think she's shielded in some weird way. I think yeah, she's stilled. So is this, and is I it think be uh, her this and not is, Swan. Maybe, yeah. And just the way the way that they're treating her, I'm like Swan's plotline kind of doesn't work the way it does in the books if they're holding grace and if they're actually supporting women through stilling like mm-hmm, I think exactly. it, like it's just such a different um society that we're being presented with I'm like I don't think it really works that way um I think Maureen is stilled I th- that it's one of the nitpicky things that everyone's like no I don't believe she's stilled because the thing went in and not out like with Loghain and I'm like this is stupid <laughs> stop Those arguing are, about yeah, it yeah, she's that's stilled nonsense like what the CG looked like I don't think is how we determine it I think I'm with you like storytelling wise I- yeah yeah Honestly, in terms of progression until- the story it's she's stilled that difference between being tied off and still doesn't matter because we only like when we see someone being tied off so they can't channel or can only channel a trickle it happens to Asmodian so he can teach Rand uh-huh. um and then and it happens to Leandrin because Magedian doesn't like her like it's this spiteful thing right and, and then Leandrin kind of just disappears like it kind of doesn't have anything to do with anything from then on it's like this kind of awful punishment and I don't think like in terms of Ashamiel why would he why he's a, a relatively powerful Aes Sedai who is not as strong as any like of his contemporaries um she's helping the dragon reborn um so let's just still her why would you put some elaborate weave on her I agree <laughs> to, and, I, and not I, tell I, her if she if he wanted to distract her from from helping the dragon reborn he would tell her you could fix this this is your quest <laughs> or yes. just like kill her and that's I part like of that why too. I think that the um fades got sent it was because she's digging she's still a threat even though she's been stilled so that's why she's had the fades come after her, come after her I actually think that that makes a lot of sense and like until honestly like today when I was really getting the notes organized and finishing the rewatch and certainly after season one I would have said there's no shot that she's stilled she's just shielded and that's it and it'll get resolved quickly but honestly, like everything you just said makes perfect sense. And if she was shielded, they would have solved that shit in episode one. Yeah. Like this is going on for too long to not be her being stilled, which is like changes the whole thing for me because I didn't believe it in season one. I was like, yeah, no, that's part of it was that we didn't want to believe it. We're like, no, Maureen. No, it's she's Maureen. Cool. Well, she yeah. has so many other things to do. She yeah. absolutely, but, but we know that one of the biggest things that happens in the early ish books, right? And at least certainly the first like, half I guess of the series Hmm. is healing stealing and so yeah I think it makes a lot of sense to let this be Moraine rather than Swan and let Moraine be the one that Nynaeve heals yeah and have it happen a lot sooner than later to bring Moraine into the game probably before they Hmm. go to the waste I would imagine or somewhere she could she could go through her entire plot line up until she takes Lanfear out she doesn't Mm -hmm. need to channel Actually, wouldn't it be fucking fire if she didn't get her power back till right before she takes out Lanfear? Yeah, or even, like, doesn't. <laughs> Maybe she takes out Lanfear and ends up in Finland and, like, they do something to her. Yeah, like, or she, she doesn't do it without the power somehow. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's one of those things where I don't know where her story's going because because it's so different, but it's really intriguing, this interesting 
um, character thing going on. But I, I think that where they're going is going to simplify lands. Like we're going to get land stuff and ending up with Nynaeve a lot quicker, a lot sooner. Land's not going to the waste, I don't think. I don't know. I just don't know. You just, yeah, you just, I just have no idea. Um, I think we might get less icky stuff. You know, Lan and Myrell, how icky that is, that she's like sexing him into feeling better. Oh, I don't (laughs) see that happening. Yeah, I'm like, I think we don't get that. And we might get more sympathetic Alana maybe taking his bond or, yeah, in like a more grey way. So then there's like a, yeah, I I don't even know if Alana's going to end up taking his bond or anything like that like I just I, I just don't know there's so many possibilities but like she could end up being she could end up never getting her power back and she could still except for the last battle stuff where her power is actively used so maybe it's not until the very end that Nynaeve brings her back in the game maybe that like that could very well be and you know I think a lot of it depends on the meta aspect that is Roseman Pike too like do they even want to get rid of her no, they I think there's she's there, like she's like the top build. Actress. Yeah, like there's every chance. Like I really don't see Rosamond sitting out half the season. Yeah, or half she's the moved series. her family to Prague. They live there. Like, and she's a yeah. producer. She's one of the executive producers on the show. I absolutely don't think that Maureen's story is going to be like. I honestly, I could see Maureen taking over for Swan entirely. Mm. Like, have her be the one who still who gets healed who stays with everyone who is like part of this whole fucking thing yeah, and change it up and her. have her not ever disappear and maybe do it the other way around maybe swan is the one who yeah and then you don't get any of the swan and gareth Bryn stuff either which is kind nah. of unnecessary no <laughs> one needs icky. swan and gareth Bryn. yeah no, no, no one cares about gareth that Bryn, if we're being honest like he's not in it yet and i don't think we need him i could see him being cut no problem uh, yeah i could also honestly see uh I know this won't happen, but I could see Gowan and Galad get cut. I kind of don't give a fuck. Like, I could see them both. I actually not be think here. that Galad's not going to be in it. Gowan is. We know he is. Okay. Um, he's been cast, we think, because there's been okay. scenes. There's been. I'm out of the loop. Um, yeah, there's been audition scenes, I think, that have been okay. nabbed and transcribed. But I think um, Dane Bornhold is going to do Galad's stuff. That makes sense. Like I think he's going to be the the white cloak gray character, but I can see them. I can see them changing this up a lot with Swan. Mm. That that's not her. Yeah. That something totally different happens. The only things that I'm pretty convinced will happen with Swan is that she'll be deposed. Yeah, um, that's that's being set up. The other thing with Moraine not having power that kind of goes back to what I was saying before with whoever said it to Egwene when Egwene was saying that Nynaeve is the strongest person I know. How could she have failed? And that there are other ways to have power and there are other ways to use power. Mm-hmm. Like, like the engine says to Nynaeve, like there are other ways. You don't need to toe the line and do the White Tower way. Um, that Moraine, without her magic power, has to exert influence and power in other ways. I could see I could see like a whole brand new storyline where Maureen mm. gets to do a lot of shit that yeah, is not. I feel like to we're never gonna we're never gonna guess book. it. We're never gonna be able to predict what is gonna happen with them how it's going to happen and but I'm kind of I tend to like things and I tend to have faith that like it's going to be amazing so I'm like I reckon it'll all tie up in the end and it'll be like perfect (laughs) like yes Rafe can do it yes 
But I, I very much like this take that she is still, but that Nynaeve will heal it sooner than later and that I'm not convinced that she's going to die. I think they could give that, I mean, shit, if they wanted to, the way they're setting it up, they could give that to Alana. She just left the tower. You know what I mean? Like they could put mm. fucking anybody out there in the waste to to deal with Leandrin. Uh, sorry, with um, Landfear. Or they could not deal with Landfear. Like none of that has to happen. You know, like if they, if they decide to go a route where they say, we're not killing Moraine, none of that has to happen out in the waste. Hmm. Land or Rand could kill her and walk away unscathed and just not, and like they, they could do something else that's a big shocker for like the end of that sequence or the end of that, you know, season as it likely would be. Yeah. As a sort of big death cliffhanger. But I could see them throwing all of that out mm. and it would be people would riot, but I would love it. I, I'm like, don't kill Maureen. Why? Keep her around. I would be yeah. here for that. Um, Okay, and so last thing on Lana Moraine, as we again are like, yes, we, two hours in as we get to like our second <laughs> section. Um, but she and Lan's big fight. This is like their whole, their dynamic in this is wild, right? Mm. Moraine's being so, and it's part of, it's the, the thing in the books that is really frustrating is the lack of communication and how people keep secrets from each other to protect each other. Mm-hmm. And that is coming through basically only with Lana Moraine at the moment. And I'm like, I'm kind of okay with that. I'd rather it be one storyline and not everyone. Yeah. But I, th- I think Moraine has reasons. Like she's, there's stuff going on with her. That's not just her trauma of being stilled. Yeah. And I'm I don't, interested, I, like, what do you think her reasons are for, like, not saying that, like, Rand is alive? Like, the like we released a Shamael. Like, why wouldn't she tell Lan that sooner? Yeah, I don't know. Because of their relationship, because, like, like he said, they were partners all the way through, and now she's just, like, icing him out. And, like, that, when she says, we were never equal, I'm like, like, burn. <laughs> Poor Such Lan. Burn, man. But also something something within that is... Can Moraine lie? That's something I've been asking all through, like, these couple of episodes. It's like, can she lie? Yeah, dude. This is one of the things that makes me think that she's not still. It's because she, like, everyone seems to think that she can't lie, that she's still held to the oath. But when Swan gets stilled, she discovers pretty early on that she can lie. And she's like, it's a silver lining. It's a silver lining. Like, it's one good thing. (laughs) Don't think about the power, but I can lie now. And she keeps that secret. Everyone around her assumes that she can't lie still. They just don't question it. And so mm. I wonder if it's that kind of situation here. And part of what really made me ask was when um, when Varen says, you're go- we're going back to the- you're going to go back to the tower, and Maureen says, I've been exiled, meaning I took an oath, I like physically can't go back. And Varen just says, I know. And I'm like, is Varen saying, I know, but you've been released from your oath so you can go back to the White Tower. Yeah, it was really interesting how they proposed that she would just do that. Mm. And then Moraine has this, like, shocked look on her face and you're like, I'm like, like, are they talking about the ability to lie here or is it something else? Like, Varen motherfucking Sinai. Oh my God, she's so good. I love her. We all love Varen. This is, like, not news to anyone who's listening, I'm sure. (laughs) But, like... How cool is she being set up? Like even just in that mm. in that context of like she, it's like I know, like I know shit, and I understand how things work, and like 
yeah, you understand that that conversation is subtext. Yeah. And you're like, I there is subtext between Maureen and Baron, and they're talking about something else. And we, the viewer, don't know what they're talking about, which is what makes it so interesting. And I'm like, I was on the track of, can she lie? So that's like my interpretation, but it might be something else. I'm curious looking out for lies from both of them and whether for more in Maureen's case, whether she believes that she can or not. I'm just mm. curious what the take is on stilling and the oaths. And- my, my take on the whole, like the black Aja can lie. And that's one way to catch them out is that you catch them in a lie. Definitely. If yeah. I was a black Aja like Varen, um, in, in her lie, Maureen sent me, there's all these discussions about the mental gymnastics that Varen could technically not be lying. But if you're a black Aja and you can lie, you're going to use that ability in a very subtle way. You're always going to want to have plausible deniability. So you're mm. never going to outright say a lie unless you're very, very certain that that person is not ever going to be able to corroborate that. Yeah. Or, or you're about to die. This dress is blue or whatever she says. What your is- dress is green. Yeah. It's yeah, a nice green dress green. you're wearing. Like yeah. that's a straight out lie to demonstrate <laughs> that. But like, and same, like, the I said I do the double speak. So Maureen the whole way through, like, even what she says to Lan, we were never equal, could straight up be a lie. Yes, we were, but I'm icing you out, so I'm going to lie to you. Or it could be we were never equal, you are much better than I am. Mm-hmm. Like, there's that, all these different interpretations about it. So it is sort of up in the air of whether she can lie or not. I'm I'm. Definitely going to be watching that with Varen in particular to see because, of course, the, the book fandom and, like I said, I didn't read the books until everything had been published, mm. but I'm aware. Um, oh, yeah, the, the purple Ajar and all the, yeah. the theories. The yeah, thing, I, didn't, I didn't grow up with that either. Like, I, I read right? it all in once. So yeah. I wasn't part of the fandom until the, the show stuff started being talked about and I started exploring. It was like, oh, there's all this stuff. Oh, this is the best thing in the world. Let me yeah. inhale it and read it like six times in a row. Yeah. Yeah. I I just, but I know I'm aware that the fandom caught on to Varen pretty early and I'm really curious if like Scott will catch on. If she starts lying, will somebody catch that without you? Yeah. You know, well, Varen like, does some really so. shady stuff um, when she's laying compulsion on the sisters to swear to Rand that was when I think most readers yeah, were. Yeah, like, everyone's oh, like, what the oh, fuck, Varen? Like, like she's, she's, yeah. Well, compulsion hasn't been introduced yet in the show, I don't think. Mm. Maybe It'll a little happen. bit? I don't think so, actually. It'll happen. Oh, of course it will. Yeah. But I mean, like, there's, we have time to, like, Not see. Not that we know like, that we've seen. This sort of world building stuff we have time mm. on. But I love the way that they're setting it up. Like, I think this will be very rewarding on rewatch. Like, I really think that this is going to make its way into being one of the really great shows which after season one I loved it don't get me wrong and I love the wheel of time but season one it was like okay it was good but I felt that way about book one right it's like yeah but that's the same with any show it like finds its stride you look at like early seasons of shows and you're like yeah it's good Mm -hmm. and then like it takes off later but yes to all of that and I I think they did a pretty good job in season one like we said earlier of like setting up a lot of stuff that maybe book one didn't set up but now more so it's just like oh I can't wait like and and I love that they are changing things because there's stuff that we don't know so that's Mm. it's really exciting Mm. I do like though the like we're not equals thing 
and and also threatening to have Alana take the bond by force. That yeah. was a good setup. That was a good like. That's okay, a setup, and you're like, no. I think she will. That he will probably go to Alana or to Nynaeve, and that they're just setting up the concept. But um, I think it's it's cool the way that they set up like mm. the way that the Aes Sedai are with that. Like they totally see themselves as above their warders most of the time, or as unequal. Like we don't want to believe that because we love Lan and Moraine. But that's kind of the Aes Sedai outlook on life. Like it's it's, yeah. it's a good but translation we've, from the we've books. we've seen so we've seen Tomas, who kind of is a little bit like a servant, he looks after them. Mm-hmm. And then we've seen the snack waters who like <laughs> they're like they're in meetings, like they have that meeting with Sheriam and like Alana's there with her like support team. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, what are they doing here? How like they they interrupted an Aes Sedai. She's like, you speak as one, not three. And I'm like, yeah, bitch, what are you doing in this room? <laughs> yeah. And that was like, that is an interesting relationship that and and they kind of in the books, there is vague mention, especially later when they start bonding the Ashaman, when so, like and you'll get an isodized point of view and she's like oh yeah they always she's always very protective of her warders because they've like been offended that you've touched them or talked to them or something and like there's all these like just little comments about oh she's too free with her warders or oh they do they do weird shit with their like there's all these comments about their relationships like other people's relationships with their warders and how they are all a little bit different and how they handle them and how they train them and like mm-hmm. teach them like puppy dogs which kind of feels a bit icky. Yeah. But it, we're kind of seeing that, I think, especially with Alana, I don't think we're going to see relationships with between Waters and Aes Sedai like Alana has. I think we might start seeing a more diverse range. Agreed. And I think it'll further highlight the way that the Greens are with their Waters, which they did set up in season one. Like, I think that'll mm. be reiterated as a very green thing. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, the... the f- Fade fight scene was super cool. Fade fight scene was super cool. I enjoyed that enormously. And I, I liked the contrast of like when when it was Lan and Moraine, like them totally falling to pieces compared to the attack on the two rivers in season one where they're like a unit. Like I really liked that. Like this relationship is broken. It's really not working. They're missing something. It, yeah. It's really kind of was really evident in that scene. That's a great observation because yeah, that first that first um, fight scene with them in season so one cool. was sick. Yeah, yep. like they're predicting each other, and you're right. That's a great observation. And they were not. And Moraine taking out that fade was like, yes, Moraine. A lot of people don't like that because they're like, oh my god, just one woman took it out. And it's like she took it by surprise. Yeah, and she like predicted it like she was being smart. Like you said, she's using a different kind of power. That's an interesting theme. You might have just picked yeah. up on how they're going to do it. There are other ways of doing things. Um, so she kills that one by like luring it towards her and stabbing the right shadow. And that's a bit of luck as well as taking it by surprise. And then Lan swoops in and slices ahead off another one. And that's a, that's a surprise attack. And then he's outnumbered. He can't take on the other two or three or however many there were. The way they went into the shadows was so cool. I love the way they move. Like the execution of the fades is top notch. Even the fade that Perrin runs into, like the dead one, and it's like yeah, the door draw. Practical effects look sick. Yeah, yeah. I, that was very cool. And then I liked the save right by Varen and, and Adelaus was cool. Like the way that we're getting to see the weaves. I had another question of like, 
Moraine looks like she can see the weaves. She looks like she can see the power building. And there's that moment of, oh, my God, she can she can channel. And it's obviously it's not her. Um, but then also there's a question with Loghain as well, that he can see Rand glowing and stuff. So, like, maybe stilled and gentled channelers still not just feel the source but can actually see stuff. Has the show bit... established that non-channelers can't see the weaves? They have insisted that non-channelers can't see the weaves. Um, but from watching, like from watching only and not reading any other background stuff, I think you wouldn't really know that. Yeah, like it it looks as though they can, but at least, and in this season they're being done like differently and, and also much better for the record, obviously, but. Yeah, I'm totally fine colors. with that progression as well. Like we kind of learn, like you learn how the power works with the Wonder Girls. So as they learn, we start to see more colors and we start to see more stuff going on yeah like, we get um, to see like the the layers of the onion peel back yeah. i wouldn't be surprised if i mean i'm glad they're not showing anything when they embrace the source because honestly i think it would be distracting like to try and do that for the whole show and have everyone who's using the power be mm. like lit up like the cg budget would be stupid like we just yeah, the, we had know. rand lit up a bit glowing with the power rand um, was lit up. well rand is the exception they can light rand up like a christmas tree it'll be fine like he's yeah. he's the dragon <laughs> yeah i think i don't know i think we might start to as the girls learn to see it as well because there's that that there is a moment in the books when elaine comes in they're like let's be friends <laughs> that scene that's very like <laughs> pillow fight um but they <laughs> elaine and Egwene both embrace the source and they both see it in each other for the first time they're like oh, i can see you like embracing the source and that says so that's something that they learn and then later they learn that they can sense the source in women as well. So we might get markers on that. But also we as the audience need to know if someone's channeling. Like we, we normally in the books it's just that you can, you can, you're in someone's head and they can be like so-and-so's mm -hmm. embraced the source. But on the screen you just see someone do it. So we might not need that distinction. Yeah. I'm interested to see what they do with it. And it's something that only book nerds like us would get a shit about, right? Yeah. It's like lore <laughs> stuff. And the same yeah, with like men don't glow. Men can't see each other embrace the source in the books. But it's like, I don't think that matters if they can. I don't. Well, I mean, I think we're a, a decent way off still from figuring that out because we still only have one male channeler. But we've had Loghain say when a man can channel, he glows. Yeah. Loghain saw it and ran. Sure. Yeah, that's true. Well, and but Rand is the dragon, so it's kind of mm. like I'll be curious to see when it's two men and Rand's not in the mix. I think that yeah, or whether know, it's because I think there's because the laughing scene originally when like later in the books when Logan's talking to Rand, he's like, "Yeah, I saw you that day in Camelin. Um, It was before he was gentled that he gets that they do the Logan parade in the books, but yes. he sees Rand and starts laughing because he can see to Viren. Right, right. It's not even that they can. He can see that he's yeah. the channeler. It's the Tavirin that he sees. Mm. So I don't know if they're just huh. repurposing that as like a nod of like, yeah, he did the laugh thing, and it's because he could see Rankin channel and he's very powerful, or if it's going to be actually you're wrong. It's that you can see Tavirin, but I don't think it. I don't think it matters. I it probably doesn't actually. That's <laughs> gonna, it's going to be some. That's it's part of the storyline that they can signal to the audience stuff. 
and it's going to be yeah. different because we need to know stuff and they don't need to necessarily know in their heads or it doesn't it's like ambiguous like maybe they do know and yeah. they like react and how they react tells you that they know um rather or than it'll having be actual inconsistent for a little while and they'll figure it out yeah i think it's i it's it's just stuff that we know is important in the books mm. in terms of like how things happen. Like it's the impetus for a lot of things in the book, being able to tell that someone can channel or whether someone has embraced the source or sensing channelers. Like it's, it's important in the book. So we feel like it's important here, but they'll probably find other ways to do it. Okay. So a couple last things on Varen. Do we think that Adelaus is also going to be black Aja or we'll know about that? I don't think so. Because they had their conversation about the water, that Adelaus was thirsty about Tomas, but mm-hmm. he picked our sweet Varen. Um, and they have this significant look, Varen and Tomas, because they're both dark friends. He couldn't bond yeah. her. Like, yeah. The, yeah. I think it's okay. something to do with that. Like, he's picked Varen because they're on this crusade thing together and they're protecting Adelaus from it. Wouldn't it be crazy if we get the Varen reveal, like, earlier? Mm. Like, way earlier? I think if it's not, that's a nice green dress you're wearing. If that line doesn't come out, the fandom's going to be so upset because that is Oh, iconic. I think there will be pitchforks at Rave's <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I think, yeah. But yeah. she is very mysterious, which um, I'm looking forward to doing the main episode with Scott because he was texting me, calling this out, like, oh, my God, she knows shit. Like, she's just like, yeah, I'm aware. Like, she, he's, like, already onto her as, like, whoa this lady's crazy yeah and the stuff that she said like honestly just like fuck me absolutely dead like i just was like i was like keeled over when she confronts moraine at night and she talks about battles in the sky and the flaming sword and yes. the branded hand that wields it and shit yeah. i was like on the floor mm. and that kind of confrontation is kind of almost exactly what happens when she's just like knitting or something and swan and moraine in there and she's like one of those boys you've got is the dragon reborn isn't he and, and they mm-hmm. like embrace the source and they're like, yeah, they're shit, we just gave away office, that it's right. right? Yeah, and, and they were like, office. do we kill her? Like, how do we get rid of her? And then... <laughs> do we kill her? Which they can't do with the power, obviously, but they were like, shit, shit. Like, they yep. they panicked. And then she's like, just keeps knitting, and she's like, yeah, in her way. I love her, and she's just like, come sit by the fire. Like, I'm aware of everything that you're doing, so yeah. stop trying to bullshit me. Yeah, so she did it just exactly the same, almost. And Moraine pulls the knife. That's her version of embracing the source to attack Varen, which mm-hmm. they did in the books which isn't really translatable on screen like you wouldn't that threat level of like just a woman starting to glow mm-hmm. yeah they haven't established that yet so it's like that knife did that job yeah I mean plus she can't channel mm, yeah which made it anyway. so precious like I was like Varen, can you break <laughs> yeah but if she could have channeled she wouldn't have bothered to pull the knife and then it wouldn't no. we wouldn't know of the threat yeah this is what we're saying like all this yeah. stuff matters like how they yeah. represent whether it's someone has really well or not. yeah i think they could do what um they've shown with like a little bit with Egwene and a little bit with rand where they're sort of weaves circling them but they're not necessarily doing anything yet with it mm. um yeah. but I really liked that moment and I loved the stuff that she's setting up of like, okay, these are, it was, it was like as reassuring as it was badass, right? It was like, mm. all right, we're like all the, all the stuff is going to happen. Like when yeah. she said the brand in hand, I'm like, oh my God, so they're actually going to do the tattoos. Like, I don't know why they yeah. wouldn't, but it's just yeah. really cool to know that they're, that they're going to like that yeah. Ruidian's going to happen. It was one of those like comforting scenes where it's like, 
yes, um, it feels like the book, but then yeah. it's totally different. Yeah. And they're trusting the audience to say a bunch of crazy shit and it'll come back later. It's a really good setup. Like mm-hmm. it's, and, and a lot of it'll happen now, you know, the battles in the sky. And she talks specifically about Tom and Head. She drops a reference to Tom and Head. Mm. And then she says what I thought was like probably the most important, if not the most exciting part of this conversation was explaining that the rest of the Aes Sedai would like cage Rand out of fear. Yes. Like that, no, that the Aes Sedai are not there to support him is yeah. a very important thing to like spell out for us in this yeah. incredible exposition that they're yeah. just nailing. 100%. Yeah. Every scene is so purposeful and has so much information in it. And she says, even oaths have loopholes. And yes. I fell over dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like, oh my God. Like, no. <laughs> like, are people, I will, yeah. the way that they're, like, that was so heavy handed mm. that I just am like, I can't wait for people to realize that the Black Aja exists. Like, this is the secret that I am trying to, like, not let Scott come on to. Yeah. Right? Things like, where I'm just like, Oh my god, people are gonna lose it, and and also they should all they should now know because of Dark Friend Social. Mm. But it hasn't been spelt out for you 100. percent Yeah, like you it's see just the been seeded. Yeah, I yeah, I'm so excited about the way it's all being set up. Like it's just so exciting. It's like it's real and it's happening. Yeah. Um. Okay, let's talk about Alana. Whatever we haven't hit on so far, I don't understand why the show wants us to like the show's making me like her so much. It's that it's gray. Area, yeah. I remember when season one came out. Ali from Wheel Takes was just before that scene where oh she force bonds Rand, and all her stuff is like, "Oh, that is so cool!" Because she hardly met her. Like you just see her a couple of times. Like you mm-hmm. see her in the two rivers, and she's sad because her water's died. And you see her, I think, at farm. I mean, at um Faldara, and and she's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, that is so cool!" And we're all like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" Alana's the worst. We hate Alana. <laughs> but also that that whole force bonding thing, I can see her reasoning because um, when someone is bonded by an Aes Sedai, they get like special powers. Um, it's yeah. something that Gareth Bryn, when he's bonded by Swan, is like, oh my fucking God, why didn't I know about this sooner? You Aes Sedai have to bond everyone in the army because we have this huge advantage. And mm-hmm. I can see Alana being like, this man's going to the last battle. We need to give him that advantage. Mm-hmm. She totally yeah, did I it the wrong it way. Like, like her show justification for doing it. Yeah, like ask consent. Yeah. Like, yeah, so I think mm-hmm. we're going to s- maybe see that more in the show. There's going to be more of this grey thing maybe. Also, and Maureen, Maureen also mentions like, it. Yeah, who's right? going to. Like in reference to Lan. Yeah. And doesn't make, like that I noted, not just because it's foreshadowing, but because it's like, in the books, that would be a gross threat. Like, mm. rape is not a cute threat. So I'm kind of wondering, like, will it be um, will it be posed to us differently? Like, obviously, mm. it was a bad thing. Like, it would be a bad thing to do. She says, against your will. Like, it's clearly not great. But I just, I can't picture Maureen or really anybody else, like, joking about that or threatening that in the books. It's, yeah. like, so unprecedented when Alana does it. So... And I was thinking that maybe she doesn't. Maybe she force bonds Lan and we get it that way. But Interesting. in season one, she has Alana has this big conversation about about how she when she picked the green, um, she thought she was so cool and 
now that like the last battle seems to be coming, like she's actually vocally saying the last battle is on its way and we need to prepare for it. And it was very much foreshadowing that she's going to be there at the last battle. And she has yeah. that important role in the books, whether that's going to change to something else or whether she's still going to, like maybe it's her and Nynaeve who draw, that Rand draws Sidar from rather than Moraine. Like, oh, which feels so dirty, but we also haven't had a lot of Moraine and, Lan- and Rand together, right? No, like their no. like their bond and his bond with Nynaeve are so important of like the only Aes Sedai that he really trusts. Like mm. he doesn't have that relationship with Moraine at this point, which means... Yeah, which he didn't in the books either. Yeah, a little bit. In the Waste, he had some trust with her through the Waste. Yeah, because she made a promise and he's like, fine, I'll tolerate you. And he starts listening to her advice. And we kind of see it kind of off screen a little bit. So by the time she dies, she goes to Finland, he's like, oh, shit. I didn't, like, realize how valuable she was until I've lost her. Like, yeah. I could see them beefing up that relationship, but I don't know that she's going to die. Like, and so mm. that opens a whole nother thing, right? If she basically is Swan, I don't see Swan hanging out at like, you know, the little tower or Moraine, right? If Moraine takes Swan's storyline, she doesn't stay at the little tower. She goes with Rand. So yeah. maybe she stays with him. And then, I don't know, dude, it's so crazy trying to like, yeah. trying to game plan the last battle from here is kind of hard. Yeah. Like, but like, I do think Alana's going to stick around. She's obviously being set up oh, as yeah. someone who's going to stick around. And if she does force bond Rand, I think you're right. It'll be like much more complicated because I don't think the show is setting us up to go from like, we love Alana, she's the best. To and it, it might Alana be forever. a Begita situation where he's oh, yeah. actively dying and we need to do something. Yeah, like, that's possible. Mm. Interesting. Hmm. All right. So well, I'm curious what's going to happen there. Yes. When she left the tower, I thought that she would be traveling with Maureen and meet Rand that way. That's how I thought that was going to go. But it mm-hmm. looks like she's just met up to collect lambs. So a couple of things on this. Like, is she going straight back to the tower? Because it seems like a lot packed for, like, the day trip. Yeah, because they're in sight of the tower because they, like, they camp and they've got that green screen which, <laughs> that they set those, like, the candles. I was like, that is very obviously a green screen. The like shot of Tarvalon, and then they like turn it around, and they're like looking at them through like the window. It was beautiful, but I'm like, it's a green screen. Um, and they're like they're inside of Tarvalon. But they so. go. She meets later when when Moraine drops off land. She says, "Alana is going to take you back to the tower." Yeah, wasn't that after they'd camp? So they camp, and she has the discussion with Varen. They can see the tower. Like they even say, "Isn't it lovely how you can see the tower from here?" And then it's that night. I thought that she ditches land and runs. And Alana's there. Yeah, and I just mean like with Alana, like she, where's she gonna go? Like, is she really just there to collect land? Just because she makes a big deal to like when she's talking to Shiriam, who Shiriam's here. I don't have a section on that, but Shiriam's here. Oh shit! And uh, (laughs) I saw Shiriam wearing a black dress and was like, oh my good god! It was very dark blue. (laughs) Very very dark blue. Uh, but I just they sort of seem like they were making a big deal of like oh if you're even sticking around the tower long enough to find out and it's like she's gonna be gone like a day if she's just getting land and bringing him right back so I was kind of like confused about that but it seems like they are going straight back with land to the tower which means he'll be seeing Nynaeve sooner than later and I'm interested to see what happens from that like because we see in the trailer for next week that like Nynaeve is gonna go with Egwene Ooh, I haven't watched the trailer Oh, I was like, whoopsie. I'll watch it next week. No, it's fine. 
It's probably Trailer stuff spoilers. I've seen. We see them talking like, about leaving the tower. You just see them saying, the, if you're going to go yeah. save our friends, I'm going to go too. And all the trailer stuff is from trailers, like stuff that's been released. So I'm like, it's just sure. put together in a different order. And so yeah, I've just kind sense. of like, eh, because it's so quick and stuff. I know, I know people do frame by frame, but I'm like, I don't need to deep dive into that. Like, I'll see the show. I'll watch yeah, it. That's, I'll watch it. Yeah, that's my intention as well. But it, it just shows that at least it, it shows that like Nynaeve is like following her book plot at least, that they're going to yeah. end up in Falma. Yeah. So I'm like, so is... Is mm. is uh, Lan gonna run into Nynaeve at the tower? Like, is he going back we to the tower? You will have to waffle. I know we are gonna have to waffle. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know how that's gonna yeah. go down, but I think it's interesting that Lan is on his way back to the tower with Alana, which makes me think probably. I'm curious whether he's even gonna like. Is Maureen gonna die, and then is Bond? Because if Maureen doesn't die, then how does the Bond get passed on? There's like a lot of complicated shit for Ray well, to figure out. I'm pretty sure that Lan is in Saladar at the same time as Nynaeve being fucked by Morel. Um yes. and it's not until like um Egwene discovers him after she's sent Nynaeve to um Ebudar and then sends him after. They're in Ebudar before they reconnect. Yeah, it's Ebudar where she finally embraces the source. I wonder if she will I wonder if they'll have that or if it will just be like she'll just she's gonna find a workaround for her block. Like I think she's going to find a workaround and it's going to be very like Star Wars-y, which it, honestly it is in the books anyway. Yeah. Rather than just like, oh, she learns to, she learns to, what's the word? Surrender. Yes. Finally learns to surrender. All those nice orgasm analogies <laughs> yeah, yes. in the Wheel of Time. <laughs> but I wonder if they'll connect this season or not. Right, I guess mm. is the question. Yeah, like, well, if he's headed back to the tower, will they just miss each other, and then he'll find his way out to Falm? Mm. Or like, I don't. I'm curious to see how that shakes out. The whole Moraine and Land thing is the is the storyline that I'm just like, I don't know. There's so many. Yeah, possibilities. I kind of am with you. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. know. I think it's a big question mark. <laughs> I don't think it's going to look anything like the books. Yeah, I, except for those bigger beats. But you know that could, because um, like Leandrin's trying to get Nynaeve to him go like the other route like there's lots of ways to learn how to channel it doesn't have to be peaceful surrender you could be pissed off right like which mm. is very anakin skywalker yes very very Embrace like the dark sad. side yes exactly <laughs> yeah but yeah i could see that happening with 90 for a little while but i do think that a lot of those big beats are gonna hit sooner but but also because we're not going to have a season per book so it will hit sooner like right now it's probably mm. just two and three but yeah. God knows when we get into the slog, half the slog is one season. You know what I mean? It's yeah, because it's, it's gonna the same down. stuff. It's the same stuff happening from different points of view. Yeah, everybody reacting to the cleansing for a book. Some like it is. It would be interesting to read character by character rather than reading through the books. Just read like everything Matt does, and then read mm -hmm. everything Elaine does, and then read everything Egwene does, and that might not be so sloggy. I think it would be a lot less sloggy, but for Elaine, which is a great segue into our next thing, uh, yeah. it would be sloggy as fuck. <laughs> like to... Elaine and Perrin are the ones I wouldn't do that with. Oh, yeah, Perrin. Um, Where's my wife? Oh, and he said, my wife. My so wife. So many times. <laughs> Every like, time. Oh. All the time. <laughs> I will say, though, I guess before we move into Elaine, just so, like on where they end... I want to see them in in tier. 
but I'm wondering if Kalendor will be involved in terms mm. of how this wraps up because we're getting out of the end of this season, right? Yes. Yes. But, Hang on with but, Perrin. But not the waste if we're ending for sure in Tom and Head based on what Varen says. I don't know. Like at least, or at least we're going to Tom and Head. Can we? We're going to Tom do you think and they Head. can get that done in episode five or six? And then go to Tia? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so. They're all on their way there. I don't know. <laughs> I think yeah. this whole thing's going to end in Falm and Kalendor will be there and we're going to skip Tear and come yeah. back to it some other time. I don't think any of the, the... I think we're basically just not doing book three, which frankly is fine. Yeah, because we've got heaps of book three stuff scattered through these episodes yeah. already. Yeah. yeah. We really kind of don't need... Like, I could see this season ending with them, like, deciding to go to the Waste. Hmm. With Avienda. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But Kalendor, for sure, by the end of the season. Yeah. I think the fandom is attached to the whole sword in the stone thing. So we're like, how can we work the Stone of Tear into this? While traveling in gateways, I suppose, right? Like, we could yeah. we could end in Tear and have it happen like that and just be like, oh, shit, we got to follow Ishamayel. Look, he disappeared from the sky. Everybody go to Tear. Like, click and yeah. flicker, flicker, and here we are, right? Yeah. Like, Who knows? We will find out. So, yeah, and then we'll be sad because we know. Uh, all right, let's keep no moving more. it along. Um, mm-hmm. Elaine is a bad bitch. What did you think about her? She is perfect. Isn't she? I love her... Like she, yeah, like she's spoiled and she's entitled. And I love her kindly addressing the servants. Like she's so nice, but she's very obviously above them. That mm. whole moving in scene was just so perfect. You're my subject. Like, yeah. Girl. I, I'm the daughter heir of Andor. Like, oh my Meanwhile, gosh, like, Egwene doesn't even know that they have a queen. Yeah. Like, she's like, she's what? Like, what? Excuse I me? love her. And the whole, like, she just puts her foot in it of like, oh, they've got all this rubbish in your room too. And it's like, oh. She's like, oh. And that how she hilarious. likes to tinker with things. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. I like how she takes the punishment. Yes. She's like, yes. you got it. Like, she's been a spoiled brat, but she's like, yeah, okay. And she laughs when they clean her stuff up. Like, she she was the perfect Elaine. Like, she has all the, mm. like, predilection to be a spoiled brat, but but her, it's not truly who she is. It's just her, her, her demeanor. Yeah. But she, the real person got, beneath that is in that way. She got so much character development in, like, that one episode. Like, so yeah. we know, like, her taking the punishment, for instance, we know that she's a novice now so we know kind of like the tower and the way they are going to treat her that she's just one of many she does get to live in the novices quarters she's just one of them and she's going to be treated the same and then the way she took the punishment calmly and was like that's all her character as well that like righteousness and injustice it's something she does all the way through the books <laughs> like when she's yeah. in she's in any city and she's like these rulers are not treating their peasants right they should yeah, be happy if they were in Kingland. Out. Yeah. So Freaking you can Yeah, you get that like justice um in her as well. And um what else did I have? Yeah, and Elaine needs to kind of learn her new place. That's part of the whole that like in season two, the the kind of theme of the episode is like learning a new place. Elaine is learning how to be a novice in the White Tower rather than being daughter heir of Andor. Um, but she's so insightful as well. Like her, everything she says to Egwene, she's just, she, she cuts right to the core of everything. And I just love that. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love how brutally honest she is with Egwene when she's like jealousy. Was that, that's a line straight from the book, isn't it? I don't know. I don't remember. I could swear I, she, she get... says that to Egwene at some point. Jealousy is of like a bad look on you. Like it's not cute, Egwene, like pull it together. And it's, she it's so real her. for Egwene who's sitting there like living in her angst of just like, Every time I try harder, I fall behind her when she doesn't do anything. She excels. And Elaine's like, fucking, it's, this is not cute on you. Like, yeah. this is a bad color. Yeah. I thought that was so fucking funny. I just, I really liked her. And I'm very excited for the, like, Supergirl storyline of the three of them together. Because they're setting it up so perfectly. It's some of the best dumb stuff in the show, I think, at this point. Like, character-wise. Like, the Nynaeve and Egwene friction. And then setting up Elaine to be sort of the voice of reason in that. Like, yeah. Because she's Cause always she, in the books telling them to stop bickering. And, like, I like this much better than the bickering all the way to Tia. Yeah. Like I, and I and like kind of on my latest reread, it's been like, okay, Egwene's just, Egwene's trying to find her place and assert her dominance. And she's doing it the way that she's been shown, which is how Nynaeve has always shown her authority in the Two Rivers by, like, beating it into people. So Egwene's kind of, like, trying to copy Nynaeve and then they're just rubbing up against each other because Nynaeve's kind of earned that authority and then she pummels it into people, whereas Egwene's just, like, well, she's younger in the books as well. So she's, like, this teenage girl who's trying to kind of, like, flex her power and yeah. trying to work out where she fits. And then and Elaine's the voice of reason who, like, she, like, punches or slaps Egwene at one point. It's like, for fuck's sake. Because Egwene's just... literally, like, thinking, oh, Nynaeve said it, and I know that it's the right thing to do, but I'm not going to tell her that it is. <laughs> You're like, yeah, that's such like, a teenage girl thing. Like, <laughs> but yeah, this... it's very, very teenager. But this is so much better because you can totally see how Egwene feels um overlooked I guess like she's best girl she was so she wants to be the best girl and then and she loves Nynaeve and she feels guilty that she feels this way she's not just like I hate Nynaeve now she like actually actively feels guilty that she feels this way but you also see that I think it happens once in episode one and once in episode two that Nynaeve is going to Egwene for help and Egwene's not there the first time it's because she's getting lessons from Alana which is mm-hmm. hilarious. And the second um, time is that when was, she's – that was so funny. <laughs> that was the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Yes. <laughs> that was just the whole Egwene development as well. Like she's in dead that ass scene. talking about, like, here's how you fuck two dudes. I'm like, yo, yes. she's a novice. She's not supposed <laughs> to be – like, where do you – who do you think she – like, <laughs> that's, like, not allowed at all. So I love that Alana, first of all, is, like, not questioning – Yes. The threesomes that Elaine's or Egwene's apparently having in the novice quarters. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's like, I get, I know what goes on in the novice quarters. I've been down there. Like, I get it. Like, yeah. you guys are, who are you banging? Which of your fellow novices? Yeah. <laughs> Where's your fellow friend? Uh, yeah, that was so amazing. But Hilarious. the second time, the second time Nynaeve goes to Egwene's door and she's not there is when Egwene is listening. Egwene and, Nine, and Elaine are talking. And Nynaeve listens. But yes. I think that was really well done because that could very easily be, oh, she like left before the end of the conversation that redeems the whole conversation. So now she's got the wrong impression. She like actually heard what she was saying. And I then, love that they didn't do that trope. It was yeah. Just, like you and, said, not everyone is just miscommunicating everywhere all over the place forever. It's nice. She heard exactly what it was and then removed herself. Um, she missed Elaine being like, bitch, <laughs> like settle yeah. down. 
Um, yeah, she did miss that part. She missed the part that it would ingratiate her to Elaine later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think it would have changed anything. Nynaeve still would have like removed herself. Because she's oh, just learned so how because, Egwene well, feels. She doesn't quite know what to do right now. And I, I really like the way they're showing it. They're very, doing a really good show not tell. For as, mm. as great as all of the telling exposition has been, uh, this was a good show not tell of Nynaeve's like resistance. Mm to the Aes Sedai through this whole trial, which is a great segue to our next kind of thing, right? Like, yeah. Um, for the accepted tests for her of, of like the fake out third task where she just is like, I'm not like, fuck you guys. I'm just not going to do this. Yeah. And all the ways that she's like, not trying to channel at all. And, and that she's like afraid of the power that she doesn't really want to be doing any of this to begin with. She's trying to find her reason. She's like, her reason needs to not be Egwene. She needs her own reason. Like, she has this whole journey and she's being presented with all these different reasons, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. And very book accurate because her thing for way too long in the books is, I'm doing this to protect the kids. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I like that they're, that, that it's incredibly book accurate. And Neve's whole thing is like awesome. And, yeah, I love her, and she's—they're doing—they're doing her a lot of justice in the show. Like, she's, and her—the woman that they cast as her mum, like, could have been like Zoe's sister, or like yeah, twin. Absolutely. I was like, oh my god, they look exactly the same. She's so beautiful. She is. It's, it's just ridiculous. Mm. Like whatever they put her in, like I just oh God, I love her. The casting in this show is dead on. Yeah, she's great. great. Yeah, um, I do appreciate. Uh, all of the book accuracy around the um, the accepted test, despite being really different, right? Like all of the trials are, they're not all different. The first one's really different, right? It's still books, past, it's present, future. Thing. Yes. And the which ceremony. Which picked up on right away, which made me happy. Yeah. The ceremony is like exactly the same, like word for word from the books. It's just spread out between different actresses. It's only really the content of the second one and like the, the way the third one Sorry, the content of the first one and the way the third one plays mm. out that's, like, really, really different. Mm. The middle one is very similar to the books. Yes. With the plague and the two rivers. Yeah. Um, and the last one is, like, very similar, except she just gets herself out of it a lot sooner. They don't, like, shut it down. There's no fake-out death. Mm. But it, I think in the books as well, when she enters that one especially, she's, like, she kind of remembers where she's come from and she's like, where am I now? And then she's forgotten where she comes from and she has that moment of she doesn't know where she is and then Lan comes and reminds her where she is and then she's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, and then she remembers that entire history. So yeah. it's kind of the same, but she we see her kind of live through it because we can't, yeah. like, there's no way to communicate to us that, oh, yes, I remember this entire history without actually showing us. Yeah. So I think it's kind of almost one for one. Like, it's just that she lives, we see her live it. I really, really liked it. And I, like Mm. we talked about earlier, we got to see like Nobleman Matt and like parents there. I really liked it. I didn't even really mind the fake out death because I think it did a lot for other characters. When did you pick up that it was fake? They had me going for a minute there. They had me going. I was not positive that it was fake until they showed her go back to it i think i knew she was coming back when did i didn't say well, that i guess when did i guess you, it's like when did you figure out that the test was still the test that it was like a fake ending of the test when they said 
that she was dead, like when they go back and see that she's not in there anymore, that's when I knew it was that she was coming back and it was fake and she was still in there and we were going to go back and she was going to get her way out. But when she had her like kiss with Lan and she left the tower, they had me up to that point. Yeah. Uh, when Lan came riding in like a friggin' knight in shining armor on his black horse, I was like, oh, this is not real. <laughs> oh, I was, they had me. They yeah, had they me. Have it. That's it was still... almost to the end. Yeah. Some people they got had straight me right away. there. But I did, I was really like I sat up and like leant forward when she came out and the way that Liane as well was so cold and was like, and that the way that Sheriam just like handed her the ring, I was like, this is, this is weird. Uh, this is weird. And then when she started saying like, fuck you, if I have to do that to be Aes Sedai, like, fuck you. I was like, that's her like Aes Sedai test. I'm like, she's, she's saying stuff from her like later test. I'm like, is this still except like, what the fuck is going on? And then when she left, I was just like, this is a bit weird. And I don't, where are they going with this? Like it didn't sit right with me. Her fake out third task didn't sit right with me that she couldn't remember what was like, that it was just the flashes of the red yeah. dress and stuff that had me like, I wasn't buying it, but then when it actually took her all the way, like I was with you, I was like in that bit, I wasn't so sure. And then when she's like leaving the tower, I was totally buying it. And I was yeah. like, wait, are you meeting up with Land right now? Like, is this serious? Yeah. What? And I kept galloping like changing? a Hallmark movie. I was like, okay, yeah, that it's not real. And I was like, they oh, thank goodness. Had me sit, like that was the point where I was like, wait, maybe this is happening because they had said Land's going back to the tower. Yeah, like I kind the, of was like, okay. It's very cleverly done because the last time we saw Lan, he's on his way back to the tower. And like so right any, there. and any <laughs> non-reader would probably watch all of that and her coming out of the rings and all that weird shit, like out of character shit and the way that Aes Sedai are talking and the way she leaves Egwene that didn't sit doesn't sit right with me because I know the character so well. Like any non-reader would probably just be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, and like buy it until the arches, like the arch came back. Yeah. Like it like it's it was set up really well. I was confused, man. Mm. I was just like, I was like, wait, I was Can we talk about Nynaeve from like the beginning? Yeah. What do we have? What do we have on her? Uh so we talked about the block. Her hanging with the waters. She needs to find her reason. Um, oh, her lesson with Leandrin, where they yeah. it's the it's the lesson with um, Swan on the boat in the book. That's mm-hmm. like word for word. That I loved that. And then more than one way to learn. Oh yeah. Oh, and um, I know there's a lot of theories that they're merging Elida and Leandrin, which yes that lesson made me think about new spring when elida does like like beats the girls up to like help them with their test and you think she's being like a bitch to them but she's actually helping and she gets punished for it so i was Mm -hmm. like maybe they are because the other theory is that merging leandrin with alviarin that is the other question isn't it Mm. but if i don't think they're going to merge leandrin with alviarin because of the political, like she has all this power to like demand that Nynaeve have the accepted test in the beginning to begin with. Like nobody mm. else really wanted to do that. Like she has all, then they talk about Leandrin and her minions and stuff. Yeah. And then like, if they bring Elida in, is there another like cabal? <laughs> like they call Leandrin's cabal? Yeah, I don't think cabal? they're going to bring in yeah. Elida. I, I think 
that Leandrin will be both Elida and Albiaran. I think that she will be the dark friend who takes over. Because that's the interesting dynamic between those two, right? Is that Elida's like a bad guy, but she's not a dark friend, and, and then Albiaran is, right? Yeah. Um, and that and that Elida is a red who's not a dark friend, which I think is important. Yes. Even though she's like such an antagonist in the story. Yeah. And I um, do like that, but I think that they're going to condense all three of those characters into Leandrin and make her the, the yeah. dark friend antagonist who who is the other Amarlin who deposes Swan. Like, I, I, everything right now is setting that up, I think. I'm also wondering, is Leandrin a dark friend at the moment, and do we see her become a dark friend? That's a great question, too, because maybe they leave that bit out of it, but if so, then I would imagine that there will be an Abiaran. Because we are setting, we're, they're setting up a lot of reasons for Leandrin to turn to the dark at the moment. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, maybe we actually see her do it. Maybe her first test is to like deliver the girls to Suroth. That would be fascinating. Oh, Leandrin does the the washing washing you clean of the sins. Yes. And um. So in, in the books, the first trial is Agonor and it's very kind of rapey and men overpowering her. And I think we kind yeah. of still got that theme. So we have these men come in and they overpower. And there was there was a moment when I was like, oh, my God, are they going to try and, like, rape Nynaeve? Like, and then they didn't. And her, I love that their, her mum rescues them, which is really cool. Um, but there is that these men have come and violated her safe existence and something's happened to Leandrin to like whether something like she's been raped or something and that's how she has her son. And then at the end of that to have Leandrin be the one wash her clean, it's like yeah. just really ties into Leandrin's story. Yeah. Putting them together is a very interesting little mix mm. that we don't get to this extent in the books, I don't think. Yeah, because Leandrin's just a bitch in the book. She's just this like horrible nasty woman who yeah is kind of bitter and wants power yeah she doesn't much more interested interesting yeah because they're because they're smashing her together with elida so they're giving her more to do which is great yeah and i think it's it's ambiguous it's interesting it's like why does she want naive to do her accepted test so soon i think is such an interesting question because it's like everybody else seems to think like it's a bad idea like at first i was like so she's trying to uh like sabotage her right and then it's like no she's genuinely so upset that it goes badly and i think yeah. she honestly wants her to be her protege and to teach her and i, I think, think you're right i think she might not be black aja at this point I, yeah which i think it's something rather than like it's nynaeve's accepted test that has to happen and it like tells us a lot about nynaeve and gets her development and like what her choices are and what she it is going happen, for right. but then also it's another big failure for leandrin and even the way she goes well not all women come out of the arches. Oh, well, like at the end. And you can see that she's like really cut up, but she's like, well, I just have to fucking shove this down and move on again. Like it's very much a character development for Leandrin going forward, which is yeah, really agreed. interesting. Um, the Crimson Thorn as well. So it t turns up in two, the first two of the accepted test bits Um and it's when it's the first one her yeah, father right, says it does yeah so she's holding it at the beginning and her father goes where'd you get that and she lets go and her hands all red and he says herbs can be dangerous um 
I think we've already seen the healing with the accepted in the hospital, which is like, thank you, Rafe, that the yes. yellows have an actual hospital because yeah. that is really missing from the books. Like, of yeah. course they would have hospitals. Like, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, they're in the hospital. But uh, the, there's like the, there's like the first hospital is established during the last battle. Yeah, yeah. You're like, what the fuck are you doing, you stupid women? Like, who eyes did I? Like, in that ivory tower. So the Crimson Thorn, and that's the whole good versus evil. Like, the Crimson Thorn can kill, but it can also help. Like, it can, um, in small doses, it's a painkiller. So you see that sort of duality in that grey area as well with the herbs. And if you don't know what you're doing, like Leandra doesn't know what she's doing, so she uses the herbs in the wrong way. It's not necessarily malice. Yeah, she thinks it's going to help, and Nynaeve says, like, no, that's going to, like, that's not what, where the problem's coming from, right? mm. I think is what she says. Like, it's, And she's it's... so distraught about it. Yeah, so that the whole Crimson right, Thorn theme up... is really interesting. But, yeah, so it shows up in those two, and then, of course, we get all the red themes in the fake-out third task, but I don't know that we see Crimson Thorn no, in the actual third we do. task. But we do get a nice duality with um, the cellar situation. Yes, it goes full circle. Yeah. Yeah, and then older Nynaeve puts her daughter down there. Yeah, we're literally yeah. back to the beginning, and she's, yeah. like, perpetuating. And that's to do with the choice. So she's just gone through these trials she's she's made her choice to stay in this life and Lan asks her do you regret leaving the tower and you can see that she's kind of like maybe and so that brought that question up and then they get attacked by the Trollocs and then she has to do the same as she did in the first scene so it's going back to what Leandrin said about um saving the world before you save the individual like get to the Mm -hmm. root cause of the societal issues before like instead of just treating the the symptoms like that all comes together like so much of nine even on leandrin are just like tied together i can't talk about one without talking about the other i know it's so interesting it's Mm. like so well which means we'll get through our leandrin section quickly yeah Um, because we've talked about it all (laughs) because we've hit it all yeah um but what we didn't reflect on with... Do we have anything else on Nynaeve? Uh, what else do I have on my paper notes? Oh, oh this is, might be a Leandrin thing again. The whole way through, it's multiple times, Leandrin says to Nynaeve through the test, your fears are your own. Do not burden us with them. Which I, thought I thought that was, was such a burn. Yeah, and... Because then the books, they give them an option. They're like, you can say whatever you want about it, but we're not. Yeah. you don't have to say anything. And in the ceremony, it's kind of like, you don't need to tell us anything. But then it's Leandrin who's like, stop telling me about your fucking fears. Like she gets more and more emphatic about it. But then mm-hmm. you see Leandrin has this son, which holy shit. And she yeah. can't heal him because she can't do healing. And she can't ask her sisters for help. She doesn't have a support network. She doesn't have that. Her fears are her own. That's how she goes through life. Oh, nice connection. Well, yeah, was, and, and it was Leandrin saying it to Nynaeve each time. Yeah. And it's it's like you and I know that she doesn't heal because she's like a red sister and they like don't learn that shit, right? Mm. And we know that not everyone can do every weave. Yeah. Which but, is really that's kind of weird. It must be that healing's a talent because it's like, why can't they do the weave? Why can't Egwene do the weave? She's got enough power. 
Yeah, you should all be able to do it. It's weird that it's, well, because it's because that would be very plot convenient, even though healing is incredibly plot convenient and that's fine. I don't, but it's interesting that they don't spell that out for viewers when she just says, I can't heal him. Like it Mm. for viewers, I'm sure that's coming off as like whatever he has is too terminal. Yeah. Um, One more thing about the Aes Sedai test. When she, when Lan comes in in his knight in shining armor and she's like, Lan, and they have their kiss and then the arch comes back and they're on yes. that like road and you can literally see through the arch as it disappears you see Tarvalon you see the tower and on the other side of that is land it's just like literally visually she's choosing between the tower and land mm-hmm. like well that was just like really nice I'm so it's happy pretty. that we'll probably see them together sooner than later yeah like properly yeah because they make such a good like once they're married I hope they still have their seafolk wedding <laughs> I do really want to see because it's so funny in the books when when they're leaving Tia and Lan discovers that they're not going back to the tower, they're going to Tanchico, which is so dangerous, and he, like, bursts in the room and is all like, how could you? I thought you were going to the tower. And then he just, like, picks Nynaeve up and, like, kisses her like Harrison Ford does to Leia, and it's a bit uncomfortable. And she's just like, <laughs> yeah, like, and then says, like, poetry and then, like, storms out. And Elaine's like, that asshole Rand didn't do that to me so I'm gonna write him a letter <laughs> it's just so funny and I really want to see that happen yo Scott's <laughs> texted me that I forwarded you the other day <laughs> yeah oh yeah what did that say let me have a look he was like oh wow Rand really gets to fuck a lot doesn't he I oh yeah like, Bro. <laughs> I was like hold on to that please <laughs> yeah coming this season Rand's doing a lot of fucking <laughs> My favorite of Min's prophecies so far in the show is when she says rainbows and carnivals and three beautiful women in season one. And I'm like, yeah. hallelujah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and um, said that that's happening. He's not cutting out any of the women. But I'm oh, yeah. hoping for Elaine and Avienda. It's going to be like it's going to be like a polycule. Yes, I think it absolutely will. I and think Alana is setting up, us up for that. Yeah, she is. And, and very well. She's like educating us actively. Yeah. how this will work and yeah i do think it'll be it's not just going to be rand and his harem like they're all going to have sort of interconnecting relationships yeah. um, one more thing about the um Definitely. i know i said one more thing already about Nynaeve's test but i have one last thing i like that she got herself out of there yes me too yes and also it's kind of a callback because they they say from the start the power won't be available to you um yes which is similar to the books in that they, they just don't tell them because they're like, oh, they just don't remember that they can channel. So it's like not an issue. And then she comes out going, I channeled. And they're like, shit, don't yeah, do that. Like, and then she do does that. it again to get out. But then this time is like, it's the same. So she, the power's not available to you. But then, and it's not like she tries to heal Tam. Like, I don't think she tries to do anything with the power until the end. Like other no, than it's, healing it's, Tam it's, it's is like, when she actively anyway, tries and she can't. Yeah, she does her, like, explode thing. And I love yeah. how the Trollocs just, like, poof, disappear. They all just disintegrate because yeah. Nynaeve, yeah. Nynaeve and then does that... not fuck around. She only finds out is what I told Scott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she just, yeah. like, gets to business. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was sick. And, okay, so let's, yeah. let's wrap up Leandrin. Yes. Let's talk about her kid because the fact that this is her man in North Harbor. Yes, no mind. one guessed that. <laughs> no one guessed that shit. Mm, that's it, shocking and Moraine knows about it shocking it makes her so sympathetic yes so much gray 
Yeah, like she so she has trauma, man. She has trauma, and she's spelling out this trauma and her like crusade that she's on, which is why it's like maybe she's not black at the moment. And yeah, yeah the thing she's doing for the tower, and she has that conviction. Like even in season one, um, when they're trying to contain Logan. And Moraine's like, you're going to burn yourself out, sister. And she's like going all glowy and she's like, it's worth it. And it's like, that's a big thing to say. Mm-hmm. Mm. She's so, just yeah. so interesting. Yeah, I'm fascinated by what's going to happen here and like what this means for her, especially if she's Elida. Mm. And she, I, it's, it's such a fun open question as to whether she's Black Aja. Yeah. I love that they're keeping us guessing with yeah, this. Like, I know people know. are pissed that there's changes, but like this is fun. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, the, the trust thing. The, and I, I, like I've written down here, why is her son secret? Like why is it necessary to keep him secret? But then she obviously doesn't trust her sisters. She's like, your, your pain is your own, your fears are your own because she's living like that. Well, and the Reds are like not supposed to be hooking up with dudes, right? Hmm. Like, I assumed that that was the problem, was that as a red, it's probably not cool for her to have had sex with a man, have a child. But it's it seems like her trauma is that it was not consensual. And I'm sure going to her red sisters and being like, this fucking dude fucking raped me and now I have this kid, um, that they would support her. Yeah, like, but she, for whatever reason, she feels that she can't go to her sister's. I think it's interesting that, that like, I hadn't thought about that, but I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm. So I don't necessarily I think it's this... how the Red Aja works. I think it's how Leandrin works. It's very I... her character. I agree. I think that's interesting and a, and a cooler answer to the question. And, like, I... And she can't... I think I wouldn't... Like, Nynaeve was there. Like, I was, for a second, I was like, Nynaeve's going to come and she's going to give him the turmeric and, and help. And instead of accepting that help, Leandrin flips the fuck out and, like, punches her. Like, Nynaeve's got that, like, bruise and everything. So like, much she... for I said I calm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do like the way she comes like and she knocks on the door and she's like, if I could, like, if I could take this back, then I would. But I've set the wheels in motion, so let's go. Like I just love the way she just has the door open while she's in there. I love she's just yeah. I also love the reference to the cheekbones that Min makes. Like, what did you do to piss off the blonde? And um, I think Matt's like, oh, I'm I'm not her type. And she's like, yeah, she's probably like a dom or something. Like, look at those cheekbones. It's such a meta reference because everyone's like, whoa, Kate Fleetwood, look at your cheekbones. Right? Well, they are, like, astonishing. Yeah. She's so nice. I can't believe that that Min is working for her. Yeah, she has something over her because she said, Moraine won't have anything over us anymore after this. So she's sending her off to, like, I don't know, take Moraine out or something. Well, we know that Moraine knows about her, about Leandrin's son. So that's, that's that for her. But, and then with Min, it's like, we do see Moraine like kind of threaten her Mm. in the first season. Min doesn't want to. She feels like she needs to. She's like, she's probably agreed to this before she's met just this random dude who she's never met before. Like who cares about him? And then she's like, but she still feels bad about whatever she has to do, whatever she's agreed to do. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's, I, I don't quite know where I think that this is going or like, I'm like, I guess Leandra knew they were digging out the wall. Like, I guess obviously they're going west. They'll be at Tom and Head. Like, I don't see Matt not blowing the horn, right? Yeah, he has like, to blow. Yes, yeah, he's got to blow the horn. Yeah. I mean, um, I guess he doesn't have to. It doesn't end up fucking mattering who blows it. But One one last thing I had about Leandrin was when she pockets the crimson thorn root in the hospital, her the stone in her ring looks really dark. Because this is why I, I wasn't sure if it was I, a black stone yeah, ring or not. I missed I missed that she'd pocketed the crimson thorn root because I was looking at her ring. I was like, is that black? Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to tell. That's why I was really confused about Dark Friend Social because I was like, Leandrin's ring looked black to me for a minute too. Like maybe this is just a red sister. Mm. But, like but then said, I'm pretty the sure Dark Friend Social that it's, a, yeah, it's actually, I'll have to actually look. Yeah, I'm going to oh go God, back I'm pretty sure that. it's not gold. I'm pretty sure the whole thing is black. But the call out that they're in Teleranriot is a good pick. Like that makes it kind of not matter. Yeah. Which I would love if they started fucking with the audience with that before they understand, like before watchers understand Teleranriot. Mm. Like, yeah. <laughs> like we never really understand Teleranriot, especially all the stuff that the Forsaken do, which is kind of cool. It's like they have so much more knowledge from their Age of Legends and stuff. I think that's a good setup for like, and but the Forsaken know stuff about the Age of Legends. So. Hold on for that. I love new Matt. I think he is better than the old Matt. He's like mm. cheeky and mischievous. And he's, I love when he does the little, like the hand motions for the sounds of Leandrin leaving. Yeah. Yeah. We get that <laughs> playfulness. And like, yeah. When Min bring shows in the wine and he's like, fuck yeah. Like, so good. Like, really yeah. excited. I thought he was great. I like the way that he's like sad and she breaks him down, but then he's more himself and like, I just I really like everything about the new Matt um mm. and I like everything about Min on screen she's yes I you know I'm like she's know so much Min, better than season one like so much better than season one and like I know everybody loves Min Min is a great character I also love Min I fucking hate it when Min is just like mooning over Rand mm. and sitting in his lap for six bucks yeah that's like, just like I just uh, communicate yeah I, it's not my favorite um all of them I think have like Egwene has a lot of stuff that I'm like fuck that Egwene but I love her like overall like they all have those kind of aspects because they're fully fleshed out right yeah but yeah but she comes off as more confident here like I that's what I guess I didn't like about it is that the way that she acts around Rand like belies her confidence yeah I guess like she's so important to Rand and I feel like at least for me reading it I think maybe the text is like less this way than I like take it you know mm. but it's like I just always felt like that was just like so beneath her like she is like mm. so much cooler than the way she was acting and that it was like distracting to me to be like yeah she's really cool and like pivotal to Rand and like giving yeah. him a lot of really important information like when he's in yeah like she Mikari reads all the books and, forever, and right? she when solves all the like, problems and, and stuff yeah 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 it's amazing but then she sits there on his lap and is like love me like she's yeah. like i'm making you feel she's like a pick me girl for rand yeah and yeah. i'm like we can do so much better than this so i i really like her here i just feel like the way she's coming off on screen she has so much more confidence like i can see this version of min doing all of the same stuff that happens in the books and just liking it better yeah she's doing it by choice yeah, she I just I just it's she's a character who does better on the screen. Yeah. 
It's that. It's the um, whole. It's the question of the the whole fated thing. Because she's like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna. I love Rand because I saw it in a vision. Yeah. And you kind of like, is... but do you though? <laughs> it's the yeah. It's that whole concept. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say something about Leandrin. <laughs> I was like, I had a Leandrin thing. Go like, back straight back away. No, Leandrin and Matt. Oh, the letter. Oh. Reading the letter. And everyone's now like, have we caught a lie? I mean, Leandrin in a lie because she's like, Did we? all these letters and no mention of you, but there is mention of him. But then there's the whole like, yes, she has never mentioned him because she reads the letter out and leaves out all the stuff about Matt because she's like, your friends don't love you anymore. And she says, yeah, she says something like, um, 12 letters now and not one mention of Matt Cawthon when we've literally just heard Egwene read out. Yeah, the letter. Like, I'm pretty sure that's a lie. I have it. Yeah, mm. I have that in the notes too. But it, like... could, it could be in a way that she's like, all these letters are not one mention of you, Matt, because I haven't mentioned it. That I because I didn't say it. Yeah. yeah. It could be. It's, oh. it's one of those gray lies. Yeah. It's an nice to die truth. Yes. Like, she could easily get around. Yeah, or she's copied it out and it's no longer there. Right. Yeah. I love watching for the eyes that I lies. I love that there's still question marks around mm. these characters, especially of Leandrin. Like I'm, but that was heartbreaking. Yeah, that was so sad. And then of course that's why he doesn't like go see Elaine when he sees her or Egwene when Egwene, he sees her yeah. crying. The crippling like, indecision, which I think it is in the books, but it's not as obvious. But in the whole when they're in the Stone of Tear mostly so in the beginning matt basically wanders around playing cards and he's like i'm gonna leave i'm gonna leave and then he just ends up not leaving he just kind of like floats around it's that that he's doing so matt doesn't feel like he belongs anywhere so in episode two he's like trying to find where he belongs and episode three is the choices he has choices to make he can go and he's like i don't know where to go um i could see my friend Egwene. i don't know if i'm worthy of that because yeah. I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> like, Poor Matt. He just has this complete indecision. But then you see him also like cheerful and chipper and like um, mucking around with men and being really witty and stuff. And it's like he's masking that like deep, deep insecurity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's really oh, he's a interesting character. too. Yeah. I love Matt. I'm happy he's here. My only, my only notes, like com- not complaints, but like, meh on on matt in in these episodes is no dice no luck no quarterstaff match that'll come i think i'm sure it will because we don't have gowan slash galad but i kind of was like what if we could do it with with alana's warders we know Mm -hmm. them yeah i'm like go win a fight matt but now he's leaving the city and i'm like but we didn't get to see him dice for his bags of food that he stole. And then this is like the ultimate nitpack, nitpick because I just like love Matt's lucky powers. Yes. And I'm really mad that we haven't seen him yet because it's something that I've been able to shield Scott from. Like yeah, he does have binge. some spoilers, but he doesn't yeah. know about Matt's powers. So I'm like, oh, I, love I think it's coming. I really liked in episode two, I think it's the Leandra just bursts in. And then I think when she leaves is when he does the locking thing. But she just bursts in and he's like, you should knock. I might have been naked. In the books, he is naked when someone comes to visit. Celine, I think, visits. Lanfear visits. And he's like walking around naked. That's right. (laughs) 
Oh my god, that's such a good call out. I loved that so much. I was like, oh my god, because you were naked in the books. Uh, oh, see, it's being done so well. Yes. Okay, anything else on Matt? Uh, the vision. Oh yeah, of course, the vision. Um, I have that too, and glazed right over it. What do we think about this? What the fuck? Where we have so we have I Matt killing know. Rand with the with the ruby with dagger. The dagger. Right? Yeah. Um, there is discussion in the fandom. So some people are convinced that he stabs the person with the person has their back to us. Then there's a cut to Min, and then we cut back to Matt, and he's laying Rand down. And everyone's like, he's wearing different clothes. It's not Rand. He's stabbing someone else, and then it's Rand. And I'm like, but I went back and looked, and I'm like no it's Rand like sure he's wearing Rand. the same clothes you can just see more of his clothes and when he lays him down he's got his fist on the dagger in Rand yeah like, you can was, see it I looked at it pretty close when on my second watch and like it's obviously mm. men's visions are difficult to interpret and it's but, she, but they like, always come true the other thing yeah. people have brought up is that in season one when she has the vision she has the vision of Rand holding the baby and that happens in dream shard land i guess with a shamael you're right it does so is she seeing flicker flicker is she seeing something else yeah are they gonna do flicker flicker like that's my know. question it's, i don't know i don't know how they don't i don't know how they don't do it without fucking uproar but i also don't know how you do it without like a whole episode of we haven't got time for that or the longest cold open ever known to man we're kind of, we've kind of, we're getting other turnings though. Like we're getting like that vision with Rand in season one and we had Nynaeve, like what might be in season two. Yeah. Like we're getting kind of other alternate, alternate realities as we go. It depends. I don't see it being a thing where we get to deep dive into the scenes. I don't see there being yeah. enough time to like do more than like, a like yeah. actually a flicker flicker at us. And I don't know how... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But they'd have to spend I'm too much time on like, other realities. But part of, like, I think one of the things that comes out of that is at the, at the end in the books, Matt turns to Rand and says, Rand, I'm so sorry. I would never. You know I would never. And you don't know yeah. what he would never. And I'm wondering if this is, and that seems also to be a pivotal moment in Rand's character development as well. Like, I would never. And then he stops like after he gets healed from the dagger he then goes on to be less useless <laughs> and like mm -hmm. actively helping people and stuff because he's like kind of seen like he was down a dark path yeah and he's seen the turnings where that didn't change that's actually a great observation that act, that could very easily be what that was yeah, and maybe if they're doing it well you know we may not even get flicker flicker this season it doesn't yeah. have to be traveling to or from Falma other but it would be interesting if it's how they got to the waste mm. um, I think we might get bits and pieces of it as we go rather than all at once it could also very yeah that's a good point too and it could mm. just be how they all get to Falma it just seems like they're all separating right now I don't see everybody going through that so like and Matt would need to for that to work with the dagger but yeah I like that interpretation like that somehow we'll get to see that it's it's an alt version of him and he'll like get to experience that yeah. and it'll be a turning point for him i also guess like do you think that he's not fully healed i That's don't a know question one of the trailers there's this a scene where there's the dagger and matt's looking at it and looking really tempted by it so yeah we but, definitely are going to see the dagger again whether it's used as like a weapon or something and he's not finished with it 
Um, I was I rewatched the first half of season one because I didn't have time to finish it, but like watching it and I was watching it with really like a critical eye from like what's happening in the scene rather than what I know about the books. And I like legit forgot that Matt even had the dagger. Yeah. <laughs> Until like towards the end. Like he's he's being like when they're in the the town, the Breen Spring town, and he's just like being a dick to Rand. I was like on board with that I was like yeah that's his character he and the way when they escape from Shadalo Goth and Rand's like I can't leave them and he's like yes we can and that like really shows up his character of that like self-preservation he runs away from the Trolloc attack in the two rivers like he's saving his his sisters but his first instinct is to run and hide um and but he has that caring instinct in him but then he's also got that self-preservation and that very sort of selfish outlook which is there all the way through season one and then at the end when he leaves when he doesn't go into the ways like I know people are really mad at that but I'm like that kind of makes sense given what I wasn't been... mad at it I thought it made a ton of sense and I yeah. think it expedites uh, anything that expedites him getting out of Tarvel and I'm happy yeah, it, I, yeah. I'm like all of book two Matt sucks asshole I don't want to see any of it to get, get take do it, all of book, book two Rand sucks that. too because he's like I will not be used yeah I'm so happy to see them just combo these two I'm like yeah fuck all of that just like let's I was I was stoked when Matt didn't go into the ways I was like good go back to the tower yeah, fix your it, shit and let's yeah makes, made a lot of sense to me and it, yeah, I think that, it, that works enormously for me yeah um at the end of this episode, so at the end of season two, episode three, everyone's kind of, they, they've they had their time. So season one was, I mean, episode one is um, everyone is sad and lonely. And then episode two is everyone's trying to find where they belong. They're figuring themselves out. Episode three, everyone has to make a big choice. And at the end of the episode, we're kind of on the precipice. So episode four gonna be, is going to be like journeying, I think. We've made a choice so and we're up too. to our next thing. Gonna, it's going to put everybody where they need to be or at least on their way to where they need to be yeah. so that we can do all this shit with Egwene being taken by the Shanshans. Like, still has to happen. <sighs> I'm going to be um, devastated. I, every time I see the trailer, just that one shot of her screaming, <laughs> I can't deal with it. <laughs> it's going to be so fucking brutal. And I think that's got to be coming. I'm already crying just four. thinking of that one, like, tiny clip. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's end of episode four. We're going to be taken. a mess. <laughs> it's going to be absolutely harrowing. Um, yep. Should we do Rand? And then I have like one thing on Perrin. We'll talk about the Sean Chan and we'll, yes. there's, and we'll get out of here after three hours. Rand. I liked that he wasn't in season one, but we got that little Beltine reminder of like, he's yeah, here he is still alive. Rand exists in episode one. Yeah. Do I totally. keep saying season one? I keep saying season just one, season once. two instead of episodes. <laughs> No, I mean, episode one. Episode two. Yeah, yeah, I like the Beltine reminder too of like, and also Rand is still alive and in the show. If everybody mm. and, and like reminding us that everyone thinks that he's dead, which is such a, which is different from the book. So I think that's a good reminder to have too. Yeah. Um, the opening of episode two, where he dreams that he's like murdered all his friends and family. I was like, yeah. pretty good. It's Dragon Mount prologue. Yep. <laughs> Ileana. Yep. Ileana. Yes. Oh my god! I can't. In like, and we're gonna get that three seconds. That. Like it was three seconds, and I was like, "Whoa!" We got all that in three I, seconds. 
I really like how dark they're making this for Rand. Like he mm. just like he whoopsie murders that guy, right? Like he was Oh, it's the power that did it and the power's the bad thing. Sure, sure, sure. That's right, how they're right. presenting it of like he's yeah. a good person. You see him in his like walk to work. He gives to the beggar child and he's got friends who throw him breakfast. He's really friendly to Errol, who I loved Errol. Like he's just said, yeah, so Rand's set off as this like kindly person. He's good natured. And then the the bad guy is mean to Errol. Um, and so Rand goes to sort it out, but the power takes over and the evil power is the thing that kills or very badly hurts the dude. Yeah, not Rand. Rand's totally not Rand. Yeah, not going crazy at all. Yeah, and then and at the end, it's like he has to embrace this power. So there's the. It's the same with um, with Perrin and the wolves of like this Mm -hmm. thing inside you is dangerous and bad, and are you going to be bad and dangerous? That so Rand's got that with the power, and Perrin's got that with the wolf thing. I love it. It's making the whole, the Rand's predicament seem like pretty serious. Like he yeah. burns down the cottage in the end. Like I really like it. I, I think they have such opportunity with Rand because of course, because it is like first person in the books. Mm. And for me, at least I was one of those readers who was like totally rolling with like, Rand's not insane. He's doing me great. Me too. He's <laughs> so fucking Rand insane. not doing yeah. great. <laughs> like um, the first read, I'm like, well, Rand's not going to go insane. He's fighting it. He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. So they have a great opportunity here to show us Rand being crazy yeah. while he doesn't realize and the whole, it. That whole end where he's like, is like having sex with Celine and, and she's like, show me. And he's like surrounded in fire. And then he just like wakes up and then he's on fire. I'm like, I don't know if any of that's real. That's all really weird shit. Like that's madness stuff. Maybe it's not. See, I'm so trusting taken, of what I see. He'd taken, so he was wearing his red coat when he was at the fancy party. He took the coat off. To go see Loghain. To go see Loghain. And, and then he's got the coat back on again. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that might not be. I wonder. I, I'm so. I'm loving what they're doing with him, though. Like, and and uh, how do you pronounce his name? Yosha. Yeah. The actor. He's awesome. He's some of the best casting. Yeah. Like they fucking nailed it. I loved that coat. I love that we get the glitter. Yeah, the red dragon. coat. Yeah. Yeah, because he's liked, gonna be looking just like that. And the whole his whole so far, he works in an a sanatorium. I think they call it for yes. people who are mad or mentally stuff's going on so he's surrounded by like madness and so there's this question of madness like that's going to be his issue his struggle that's like his what he's surrounded by so he goes into this place and there's all these people there and i loved errol and the the i your war exposition that he gives he's like it was very much he comes in he's like no they breached the walls it's like the russians are coming the russians are coming (laughs) (laughs) which it was so well done though when he's like and i yeoman like they remind us that rand and Rand knows this now, yes, because at the end of season one, he's like accepted that he's an Aeolman, like Min told him, right? I think Loyal did his greeting, uh, and Rand's like, What? Loyal does. And Loyal's but, like, Aren't you an Aeolman? And he's like, No. He's never. An Aeolman who says he's not an Aeolman. It's been mentioned. Yeah. An but yeah, Min that says one. it. Min says that he was like, I, He's like, What do you see? And she's like, A, bo- a baby born on Dragon Mount in the Aeol War. Like, he, she spells it out for him a little bit. I think he yeah, probably has figured this out at this point. Maybe. But also, when you work with someone who um, has dementia or something's wrong with their memory, 
you don't correct them all the time. You just sort of buy of into whatever they're living and you just agree calmly because it's better for them. Otherwise, it's traumatic. So every time if he came in and he's like, actually, I'm not an IEL, you're wrong. Poor Errol's never going to go for a walk and talk about sword forms and have a nice time. They're sword just going to have an awful day. So you No, just, for sure, yeah. for sure. But, I, but I, think, I think that he does know, though. Like, I think yeah. So every day he's to being Tam told, you're an IEL. So it's not new. Yeah, I think I think he like accepts this. I think he probably knows this. And mm. so it's good that they're reminding the audience about the IEL thing and about the IEL war and the existence of the IEL because of course Avienda's coming, which I Avienda's like my favorite. Like I fucking cannot yes. wait. I love Avienda. I cannot, yeah. I can't wait for Avienda. Um, and although now like Elaine's my favorite because of how good she is in the show, but I'm excited for that to happen. And yeah, I think that's a great observation that he's surrounded by madness there in this hospital and like and that he's go he's there specifically to find Loghain and Loghain calls it out of like you would have like how long would you have waited to try and get like he's there specifically yeah. for that reason right mm. like yeah that's why he's there he's, he's infiltrating um and that orderly being a total douche has allowed Rand to escalate and get there sooner for the plot without mm. Rand being the bad guy, like the way they've presented it. Cause like Rand, if that guy had been a nice guy and Rand had like fucked him over, it'd be like, Rand's a bit of a douche. Like you wouldn't be right. on his side. Like you have to present like that. It's a very, it's a careful balance of like, why do people do, why do characters do things and are they justified in doing them? Like this guy's a bit of a douche. Rand probably wasn't going to, like, fuck him up as bad as he did, um, but he kind of deserved it. But then the power took over, and the power's the thing that's evil, not Rand himself. And he's so cold to Celine. Like, he's so cold. Yeah. Like, the first time when she's all like, eh, and he's like, something about the Rand, and she's like, oh, it always fucking ends like this. Because <laughs> she's all like, I'm play acting, having a nice relationship. And he's like, yeah, whatever. And she's like, well, fuck yeah. you, <laughs> Well, because she's in love with Luz Theron, right? So yeah. it's like, we have this whole thing to open up. And, and I think they're playing that off great. Yeah, she straight like, up tells him, like, I had someone who has my whole heart and I can pretend you're him. Yep. <laughs> and, for, and oh, my God. Like, the, I can't wait for people to be able to, like, like it, it's so much fun feeling like it's a rewatch. Like, and having the benefit of all this knowledge of, like, oh, my God. Yeah, someone on one of the discords was saying that blue's a protagonist color and Celine's wearing blue and on the patterns on her robe are like wheels and weavings. Oh, and stuff. Main so, character energy coming from Celine. Yeah. AKA so, Lanfear, which Scott has called, which is, you know, good for yeah. Scott. I like that everyone everyone I know who has read the books since I've read them and has like reported back to me is like this Celine bitch she's fucking shady. Like oh, every yeah. time, I and you know, was... you're like, it's so obvious that she's she's some sort of bad person. She's in incredibly the story. obvious. Yeah, she's incredibly. Whereas obvious. here, you're kind of like, who is this woman? Like getting him into the party and stuff. The party was great. The party was awesome, and the introduction, and and not even the introduction, the follow up to the original introduction from Dale Doman on Game of Houses. Yeah, right? and like, this is cool. And burning the letter. Burning the letter was. Yeah. Do you think that's gonna come? That's is that gonna come back on him, or is it just a reference for the fans? I don't know. I think he's leaving. 
because he's burnt I his skin down. I think the leaving. whole thing was just a little nod to book readers between the fireworks and burning a letter and the gamer houses and the outfits. Because mm, he ends like, up playing it. Like he learns from Moraine and then takes that through Tia mm-hmm. and takes that on. Um, and I can't, like, is it after he takes Kyrie N from Coolidon and he walks in and he, like, nods to one noble and then, like, frostily eyes another one just at random and then is like, heh, 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 let them see what they think of that. And then is like, yes, that's for, like, corrupting me. Because <laughs> she's caught here and he's like, I would never would have even done that if Maureen hadn't taught me. Like, and they're all like, so last things on Rand, so that because it is starting to get late, we are like yeah. on this. Um, okay, I am just again. Everyone's headed to Tom and Head. Mm. Will he take Loghain with him when he goes? That puts everybody in one place, and I like it. I don't think so. I think Loghain, Loghain's coming back, but I don't think he goes with them. Like maybe Although, he'll connect up with because what it, I figure it depends because we might get Loghain instead of Asmodian, as in teacher to teach role. Now that that I think is very likely, which makes me think he'll either go with Rand or or escape and find his way to him at some point. But mm-hmm. it, it it he needs to be healed, so yeah, he it yeah. stands at some to point reason. he leaves that place. Yeah, he's gonna leave, and it stands to reason that he will be healed. I would love for to see him be healed in the same way, like as an accident by Nynaeve. Mm. Right? Like, I would like to see that bit stick to the books. So I could see yeah, them all ending I up th- in the same Alvaro, place. Alvaro Morte is, like, I can imagine him in that scene when he's just sitting with Nynaeve and suddenly real, and he, like, holds it together and mm-hmm. is like, what do you mean? Whereas, like, when she heals Swan and Liane, they're, like, wrecked because they can feel yeah. the source again. And Loghain's just like, oh, is that what she says she did? Like, I really want to see Alvaro Morte do that because I think he's going to slap. He's so yeah. good in this. Like, that first view, like, when he comes around the corner and you're like, oh, look at you. Agreed. And it just, it necessitates everyone being together at some yeah. point, or at least that Nynaeve crosses paths between, let's assume, Loghain and Moraine. Mm. That's my assumption. Also, right? when he brings, when he brings the wine back and is like, okay, teach me, it kind of, Rand starts to acknowledge that he's the dragon reborn, that Rand's the dragon reborn. Like it sort of yeah, sets him on his path as well. Cause like, Ains like, I'm the dragon reborn. I've got the blood of Luthorin. And like, he's got the whole madness thing going on. And Rand's like, you're not. Um, yeah. It was really just like, that was for Rand, that scene to like set him mm-hmm. on his path. And then the whole madness theme as well. That's going to be, a theme, I think, through the whole show. Oh, of course. I mean, I would hope so. Right? Mm. All right, let's talk about the least exciting thing, which is Perrin and loop it in with the Shan Shan, and then we'll start to get out of here. Um, I liked Perrin. Only... I liked Perrin. <laughs> He's fine. There just wasn't a lot going on. Like, I enjoyed him with the, with the Shinarans. I liked that we got to see Ingtarg. I liked that we got to see Uno until his... his like, oh, my gosh. Elias is cool. Yeah. 
I thought he the was wolf very... thing isn't making a whole lot of sense right now though. The visions are with it's not it's not cohesive. I find the so this is Perrin also learning along with us and he's scared. And and yeah. Charmiel straight up tells him at the end that the wolf thing is a bad thing. Obviously because he doesn't like that if if Perrin suppresses the wolf side of himself, he is not really a threat to the last battle. Like he needs that. He needs to yeah, do that. Um so he he's learning and he's kind of scared at the same time. And Perrin stuff is like all this book stuff happens to him. So we get the the door drawl and we get the flies in the room with the dead people. Yep, all very book accurate. Yeah. Like that that was like, okay, this does happen in the books. He does have this weird thing that's kind of incongruous with his powers after this, right? Mm. Like, yeah. But he also, like, I think the visions thing is kind of, it's a call to the way that the wolves communicate in pictures and stuff. And yes, also people are saying that when, like, dogs and wolves, like, smell, they can, like, see things like that. They can, like, track time and, like, what's happened and what's passed. So that, that kind of visual thing of, like, this is somehow connected to the wolf thing and the yellow eyes, and there's this creepy dude with the yellow eyes who doesn't blink at all, and, and he's he got wolf friends. Just unexplained here. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it doesn't need to be. And and it's part of – so Perrin is – it's unexplained, and the only information Perrin has is that it's bad and it's dangerous and you're going to be evil if you go down this path. And that's what we know as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it'll be interesting how he – because it was always like – I think there's more stakes involved this way with Ishamayel also straight up telling him this is a bad thing, you shouldn't do it. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, father of lies. But in the books, it's a bit like parents being so whiny, just like talk to the fucking wolves. Like why do you hate them so much? Like he doesn't really have any reason to be trying to suppress them other than he just wants to be a normal like he's yeah, so, this, this so does give him a little bit of like a, and maybe Fail when she shows up will help him. Mm. I actually think they're setting him up for a much more interesting arc. Like I like that. Um, what's his his wife? They fridge name. Layla. Yeah, Layla. I like that they fridge Layla. Um, honestly, like that. You know, I know that. I, I, I think it works. Fridged her, but it was a very expedited way of setting up Perrin. Yeah, it they like, did, and it, but it works so well that I'm not yeah, mad at it. Like they created her to be killed, but I can't. Yeah, another way to do it that efficiently, I can't think of. So I, no, I forgive them. Makes, yeah, it makes so much sense and to him, have that happen for him. The Beltine when he puts the ring on the little boat and then he like can't do it and takes it back. Like such a simple thing just shows that he's not ready to let go. All of that like inner monologue angst is just mm-hmm. done in that like one little action and all and all of his like he feels like it's his fault like i i think that Lalo is a great addition and mm-hmm. i i think they're setting him up for some cool shit mm-hmm. uh, like i said i like that i like that shamaya calls him that like tells him that it's a bad thing and so does moraine kind of right she's like people will kill you for that like don't t- don't say that to anybody yeah um, was she said to him or does she say it to Egwene? I think she's like, mm, that's a thing that when oh, you know what you're again. right. She says it to Egwene when Perrin's healing. You're yeah, right. Like so he hasn't heard it from her. Yeah. But it's it's very cool. And 
I did you notice that he in Nynaeve's fake out or no in her in the third task in the end of the third mm-hmm. task for Nynaeve Perrin when he's killed is killed by a thrown axe yeah to the chest the axe thing the he's axe carrying... just all of it setting up all the angst around the mm-hmm. axe like it's just really getting us going for that and I'm like and he's... he doesn't even have an axe right now can you imagine what's gonna happen when he does pick it up like there's gonna be a whole thing yeah he had a sword he didn't he I'm sure he was carrying a sword at one or point or a dagger or something yeah but... But and Elias tells him, or sorry, go ahead. His conversation with Ingtar and the whole, so after they find the Tinkers and then there's the guy who betrayed them and Ingtar buries them and that's like from the books. But then mm-hmm. the discussion, like Ingtar says, like setting up Ingtar, um, maybe he had a reason. <laughs> and you're like, ooh, Ingtar. But Ingtar's look, when the murderer that's um, nailed to the door and Ingtar like opens his mouth with his sword, and there's this quite a long shot on Ingtar's face while the others are talking. Like, do you think Fane could have done this? And they're just chatting and it's all Ingtar's face. And the, like, stuff going on in his face is so, so interesting. And you don't really know exactly. Like, you don't need to know. Obviously, it's something to do with his choices and his dark friends. He's thinking he's had some sort of shock. Like, he's there's something going on there, which is so, so interesting. Yeah, I can't wait to see, like, the Inktar reveal I bet on screen is going to be badass. Mm, it's been so set up. But then Perrin's also talking to him about revenge and, uh, like, it's that continuation of the passive, the way of the leaf that he was exposed to in season one and, and he wants to be passive and then he didn't take action and so Fane got away and now he's here and he's kind of scared of like what he might do if he lets himself be violent and then that all ties and so when Ashamiel tells him that this wolf thing is dangerous Perrin's already scared of that so he's way more likely to be like oh shit and buy into that as well like that's all been set up for him yeah oh I like it I'm excited for him I just didn't feel like there was like it was all it was a lot of setup but yeah but that works and I like that he's there for the Shanshan right yeah. That's that was a great like POV for us mm. to see them arriving. Yeah, all of that exposition. Be... What? All of that exposition, the like oh. Yeah, the whole sh- um Sean Chan backstory. I guess. Showing up and like giving little little like little nuggets of information. Like they talk about Archer Hawkwing, right? They message yeah. him. And and the odes and stuff. What do you think of their accents? Mm-hmm. Loved it. Ten yeah. out of ten. It's like yeah. that little Southern Bell kind of hint. Yeah, it's not quite, it's not like a drawl. It's not like a Texan accent the way that Jordan envisioned it, yeah. but it is American and it's very like. It's silky. quite subtle. Yeah. But obvious. Like, yeah, I yeah. think it, it was really cool. And then, having them just have American accents is brilliant. Like, that's the way to do it. Give everybody else some version of whatever. Any other There's accent. so many accents and I love it. Yeah, the, the all they've done so. Well. I really like the Age of Legends accent too. Mm. Uh, I think that, having that the Sean Chan having a homogenous accent makes sense that everyone speaks the same because they're that like homogenous empire and they subsume other cultures and like put themselves on that. So I can imagine them all speaking the same way. Whereas yeah. around the Westlands, everyone kind of speaks all sorts of different ways, which is well. Cool. I think if you went to, you know. The two rivers, they all kind of talk similarly. I think if you went to, like, where's Alana meant to be from? She has, like, 
an Indian accent, right, for us, yeah. but wherever. Yeah, um, they can bring their own native accents through as well, which is nice. Yeah, they all have their own, there's like regional accents all over the Westlands. But yeah, you're right. Like for Shanshan is like a much bigger place than the Westlands, right? Mm. Like geographically. Yeah. And I agree. I think they would all sound more, more similar. And I think for storytelling purposes, yeah. it's like important. The, the Demane. Yeah, what do you think about their design? This is because this is one of the biggest actually, departures from the book. I really like it. I like sh- that, like, dummy mouth stopper thing. The pacifier? Um, yeah. We call them dummies. Oh, <laughs> dummy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the UK, they say the same thing. Yeah. Um, it, 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 so this girl appears. We, we're seeing them. She's got, or the two of them, they've got these things in their mouths and they're painted up and they've got these collar things and the things around their arms I think it's a really good visual of like these are different these are separate there's something going Mm. on with with these women and the ones they had that little blonde one was so so tiny so petite and I think that was really cool because yeah so little looked really young um not necessarily young but the power that they wield and and the way the weaves go about them. So they're like when they start they their first like big air push when the Shinarans are like about to win and then they just come in, they're like do 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 bleh. They're um they're like puppets. The, their movements, like you can see they're being controlled by the Suldan behind them. But also yeah. the weaves, the the women in the White Tower when they're weaving and even like Rand and stuff, the weaves flow from off screen they come out and they wrap around them and they're quite big and then they and then they do the stuff but the weaves through the demane look different they're like focused from the like braces around their arms i have to go back and look at that more closely yeah the the that the graphics the cg of the weaving is much smaller much more contained um and not so pulling from the earth and everything it's just yeah it's really different which I really liked and the way they move, they look like puppets. Like they like move their arms around like in synchrony and stuff. And they're just like, Foomp, like, you know, they're not in control. I'm going to have to watch that again for those, mm. those things. Cause that's awesome. Yeah. I kind really of cool. like missed the leash and I just, the visual, mm. like it, it, it makes, I don't, I think that it probably wasn't going to fly cause it's a lot. Right. But it's also like, what that gives you is that these demand they don't want to be free. They look like they could wander off, but they don't. That's a really good point too. I mean, I think the leash was always like the thing that made it so clear that they couldn't. Yeah. Like it made yeah, it so it's the way of... that the leash operates, the fact that they can't go anywhere while it's on them, like they can't physically move around. Mm. Like it's it's harrowing. It's like I, I'm wondering if they like I think it's gonna be the same. They're gonna be put somewhere and told and they're not gonna be able to move. Yeah, I'm curious. See, this is my my notice that I need to read and find out, right? Or watch yeah. and find out because I think they're going to explain it. Because I feel like the the leash like visually explained how the Damani Suldan relationship relationship, if we can call it that, yeah. works. Right? And that you can see, and other characters can see they have women on leashes. Like, isn't that yeah. crazy? But maybe yeah. the stopper in the mouth kind of does that a little bit. Like, there's this weird subjugation thing with these women that we don't really know what's going on, but like, what the fuck? That's weird. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's an interesting choice, though. I wonder if they focus grouped this. Um, I read somewhere that slaves in the US, there is like a little mouth thing that some of them would have to wear. Huh. 
can't. It's like a punishment or something. Or maybe maybe it was a different culture. See, I can't remember. There is something of like, it's a historical precedent that they've pulled from. Fascinating. I just wonder why the change. It's just one mm. of the, it's one of the only changes that I kind of wonder at why they did it. Like it seems yeah. like perfectly serviceable mm. um, and easier probably to, I don't know. I'm just curious how they're going to do this, but I do really like the look of them. It's just one of the changes that like, I'm like, yeah. why? But thinking, I suppose that shot where those two Demane walk up and they've got the down behind them and they're about to like do their big power if they were wearing a leash, you wouldn't really see it. It would be trailing behind them. Yeah. Whereas that pacifier, you Just can like see so, that. Yeah, the dummy. Yeah, the dummy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it is It is a pretty clear marker. Mm. Like, I, I mean, I've liked the execution of everything that they've done, so I'm pretty sure it's all going to make sense. I just, like, I, but they're going to have to explain how they can't go anywhere. Yeah, and I think we'll like get that, that when Egwene's taken. We'll get more exposition. Egwene's going to tell us exactly how it works, mm. and I can't wait to see her break out. And like, I just—it's also harrowing, but it's also like such an important part of Egwene's, yeah, like character arc. Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited to see this <laughs> for her because it's yeah, it's gonna be so good, and I'm gonna be wrecked. It's gonna be really hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, um Masima is heckin' hot. Holy shit. I can watch him swing a sword all day. Oh my God. Like I, yeah, I'm with you hundred yeah, percent. He's like lean, like a dancer. Dude, <laughs> him and Lan, I'm like, let's fucking go. And he is the one when they do the burial of the tinkers and stuff, he's the one who says the, like the little prayer, the may the mother embrace the whatever thing. Mm. He says the like prayer stuff which I thought was interesting. Um, and poor Uno. Uno I had know. to die. It makes a lot of sense because he's the only one who wouldn't have taken the oaths. Yeah, I exactly. Like character-wise, I think it tracks. And, and he's like likable enough. Like people kind of mm. know him and like him, even though he's only been in yeah, like four Yeah, he's not a red shirt. And it builds the stakes. Mm-hmm. I loved the banter with like Loyal making fun of him. And you're like, oh, my God. That's just so cute. He's like this little I, tough guy. I really liked him a lot. Yeah. And I couldn't believe that they did that. And it was a good shocker. And it was gory. Like, that was gnarly. Yeah. Oh, there was the, um, I think it's the the Suldam and the Damane. They come to Suroth and they, they're like basically like, we're done. We've found all the women who can channel. And then they kneel. And the shot is like they're kneeling right at the spike. Mm-hmm. Um, someone said they kissed it, but I was like, I didn't think they were that close. I'll have to go back and look, but they're right there, that like close. mouth to spike area. And then the next time you see it, you see like when that happened, it was like, someone's going to get impaled on that. And then Uno was right in the mouth. You're like, yep. Yep. Like, <laughs> well done. Like, Set that up for us. I thought that was a pretty menacing, like kneel or you'll be knelt. Like yes. that was some Game of Thrones shit right there. Like yeah. that was, that was pretty crazy. Um, there is a theory that um, that Uno is Guide or Kane and he'll be back. Stop it. <laughs> but I think that's like some wishful thinking. That's <laughs> like, hilarious. Like I want Dana to come back. You know, the dark friend from season one, everyone's like, can Dana come back? She's really cool. I want cool. Dana to come back too. I liked yeah. her. 
Wow. I, well, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, that would be fun, right? Like, mm. having some dark friends that we know are dark friends. Yeah. Masquerading as not dark friends. Because like, yeah. they're doing it the other way around. Obviously, we have Celine in the mix. We have, uh, well, it's not as though Suroth is exactly coming off as a good guy, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, that whole Sean Chan thing, that's part of the choices theme in episode three mm-hmm. as well. Like, their choice to swear. Um Ingtar yeah, says our pride is not pride. worth more than our lives. So we know that Ingtar and Masima are willing to compromise. Heron has a little bit more trouble with that, but that's I yeah. think part of his indecision thing of him taking so long to bow. He's like, I can't it's so well done, huh? It's yeah. like, oh, I'm happy with it. I'm really happy with it. Oh, and when um Perrin gets rescued by Elias, Elias has got like blood in his mouth. Oh yeah. Yeah, which I was Elias like, is I'm like, give us more about this. Like the yeah. Elias, like we've seen the eyes, but he's so creepy and interesting, and you're like, oh, he's just this like ominous figure, and you're like, what is him? We're gonna get it now though, because he sends yeah. Perrin away with with the like, wolves. Yeah, I reckon right? we're gonna get a little bit more next episode. Yeah, I think we'll probably get a lot. I think we'll probably get the two of them together, right? Yeah. Um, so it leaves with Perrin somewhere around Falm, right? Like they're or does yeah, Perrin get yeah. captured they're, again before the end? I'm trying to remember on? where that last episode ends. Oh, I don't know. No, he's with the Shamael in the caravan and then the wolves break yeah, out. So he's, yeah, he's broken it's out. Um, is Shamael the... Okay, so that's interesting. I do want to just point that out, that the Shamael is with the Shan Shen. Mm. Because he's... Is he in the, explicitly in the books? It's it's Semirak who's with them, but I don't know in the very beginning. Semirak, the Semirak comes with Tuon. She, yeah. uh, because Tuan's truth speaker had a mysterious accent. Yes, a mysterious accident. Like two months before. So quite far into the series, Samurag attaches herself to Tuan. Because um, Samurag is also doing the torture stuff with Cabriana. Cabriana. And all that. So she pops in to do torture stuff and then she arrives with Tuan. Um, so it's interesting that. Like, I kind of thought we might get her introduced sooner. Like, I thought she might show up with them. It's Ashamael's there because we know Ashamael. Like, he's the oh, forsaken no, that for we've sure, got. For sure. That's who they've put there. Whether for he sure, stays sure. there and what his plan is. but And he's also there set up because so he ends up, he just appears at Tome and Head to fight with Rand. He's just like, ah, I'm the bad yeah, guy with fire eyes, yeah. like, uh, randomly. So it's probably better that he's like, there already and he's doing something and then it's like oh look Rand's here agreed and I think it speaks to the sort of like shades of evil that we were talking about mm. before we're like it this is really setting up the Shanshan to be much more aligned with dark friends than they necessarily all are in the book right it, mm. there are obviously Seroth is in there obviously Semirag is in there but this makes it feel very, I don't know, just feel, it's like seeing it on screen and just being like, oh, so the two leaders of this are, are dark friends. Like, this, this feels mm-hmm. like a very, like, dark friend affiliated group, which was never my, in the books, I always considered them to be just another faction, albeit a very evil one. We're introduced to Suroth, one of the first Sean Chan we introduced to, I think, when she takes the girls from Leandrin. Yeah. And it's quite obvious that she's a dark friend there because they have the same master and stuff. And then we yeah. meet Turak with Bail Domon. And then Egianen is kind of in amongst that as well. And then when the Shonchan mm-hmm. kind of come back, we've got kind of equal Egianen meeting the girls and being like, oh, they're not as bad as I thought they were. 
Yeah. And then plus you have the Shanshan who are, and I'll never remember their names right now, but the ones that are the um, Suldam for Egwene. Rana? I think. Yeah, actually. Yeah. She gets smashed right. in the, with the jug. I hope Egwene gets to do that. Oh, I smash hope so with the jug. <laughs> but, but yeah, so they, they're coming off like just thinking of it from like, what a show only person is probably seeing is like very, very much like part of the dark friends. Like I'm wondering what people who like don't have mm. any, like they don't know shit right now. Right. So like, I think they don't even also... know that they're hunting women who can channel like yeah. the show watchers only know absolutely nothing right now. So I'm really curious what people yeah. are saying. I can't wait to talk to Scott about it. Yeah. We kind of learn with the characters, but they yeah. also, I think they're setting up the Sean Chen as a lot more brutal because there's just in passing like, so the Sean Chen kind of sweep over Tome and head and the crew, like Varen and the boys and everyone are just kind of following behind and hearing about, so all, all these towns are like shell-shocked and like, oh, we've sworn these oaths now and we're so fucking scared that these guys are going to come back that we're going to just do what we're told. But we don't see, we just see the aftermath of what they've done. We never actually see them do that brutalizing. And the Shonchan were never meant to be good or grey and some them and some readers kind of took that as like but they're only bad if you're a person who can channel which is like the whole yeah, but like they literally enslave correct. people and they enslave people who also don't channel no, there's like different levels gray, of slave. it's not like they're not evil it's like they're but there's a difference between being evil and being a dark yeah dark one evil and evil so i think yeah. rafe rafe is really it's like this society they might not be like they are pretty they're shit like they're really, really yeah. shit. This is what they do. Have yeah. at home. And then I think we will start to see a bit more nuance as we start to meet the characters. Yeah, for sure. Because Turok's so in too. it. We've seen him and, yeah, maybe he'll be presented a bit more. But then they're just so awful anyway that it's like <laughs> they're just as bad <laughs> as the Dark Friends. Yeah, they. I mean, really they are. Mm. They're just not like supernaturally affiliated with with a supernatural evil they just are like the worst yeah they're like regular people evil yeah regular people like the the worst kind okay yes i think we're done let's wrap it up i think you haven't seen the trailer so i'm not worried about going into this um we will talk about it next week yeah next week we'll talk about trailer stuff and one episode um, which might yeah, only take we'll have one episode it won't take four hours this is unhinged. Um, it is almost too much. You. I feel like I feel like I would have actually been happy just with one episode, or even just two. Like three episodes is a lot. It's too much. One to two is the correct answer. And mm. Amazon, get your shit together. Because now we only have five weeks to. It's just yeah. like I don't. It's funny, isn't it? We're like, give it, give it to us, give it to us, and then we're like, but not that much. <laughs> but not everything because we have to create content, and it takes a million years, and I don't have time to edit this tomorrow. But we'll it. it's fine. Um, but thank you so much for coming on. I look forward to future Dark Friend socials um, and and other episodes for you to come on. Do you want to plug your guys' podcast? And- yeah, and thanks for so, so much for inviting me. Yeah, so I do a podcast with my sisters. It's called Isn't It Neat? And we just talk about things we think are neat, which is all sorts of things. So we just recorded an episode about card games, um, which will be up That's in a awesome. few weeks. <laughs> That's exciting. <laughs> Which seems like really, we did an episode about clouds too. That was fun. And then we do like lots of media and things because we like to watch movies and TV shows. And sometimes we have little adventures 
Uh, like going out to see the tulips. I don't know if that episode's out yet. I think it might be next week. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, but you guys have a Barbie episode that's out. Yeah, that was our most recent one. Yeah, we went and saw the Barbie movie and then we ended up talking for ages about our Barbies growing up because I had totally forgotten all of my Barbies. Yeah, I I remembered a lot of mine when I saw the movie. I was like, oh my God, I had Growing Up Skipper. I remember that. Yeah. I didn't have many that were in the film, I think, which is why it wasn't until we were talking about things that I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have these things. Barbie's great. But, yeah, that's us. We're at, we're at, at Isn't It Neat on Twitter and Instagram and Isn't It Neat Pod. No, at Isn't It Neat Pod. Everything's Isn't It Neat Pod at Gmail and also on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> great plug, Erin. Good work. Yeah, it, was, it was fantastic. It was absolutely flawless. I will put all that stuff in the description. Definitely check out their pod. It's super fun. And um, stick with us for the uh, behind the timeline for the rest of the Wheel of Time. And um, I don't give my shit up to plug us right now, but that's fine. <laughs> but we're go behind the timeline at Gmail and go behind the timeline at Instagram um, and, and everywhere, like we said on Twitter. But hit us up. Check out the Patreon. Do all the things. We're going to be doing the Wheel of Time. We'll be doing... Scott and I will have our regular No Book Spoilers episode, and then Aaron and I will have a Dark Friend social for the longer, no doubt, more enticing episode that we'll do. It's so (laughs) fun listening to non-readers, so that's fun. Yes, it is. It's going to be a very well-rounded Wheel of Time experience up in here for the next month or so. So get stoked. Thanks for tuning in. Stay nerdy. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week for episode four.